Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I didn't realize we're almost on the precipice of a big anniversary episode. What are right. we going to do? Pull well, all the stops. Well, just like we did, uh, you know, with one of my sister shows, Long Box Heroes After Dark, which just hit episode 400 recently, I'm sure we'll put as much time and effort into this week's 200th episode of this show as we did of uh, episode <laughs> 400 of the other show. Yeah, you know what? Uh, now that I think about it, I don't really want to do any extra work, so uh, we'll just save all the time for people to congratulate us. Right, so here's here's what I'm going to uh, say here at the top of the show, and this will give everyone a week. I really thought, I because like I'm stupid, um, I was really hoping that everything would line up and that us doing the live show at um, Astabula for AIW mm-hmm. next week would be our 200th show, and we could say, oh, it's our 200th show, you know, whatever, right? We always take next week off. No, there are no. We don't take weeks off. Come on, who are we? Pod Van Dam. Oh, oh, I lost a cat. Oh, I'm sleepy. Oh, uh, you know, I got to say something racist on social media. I can't do a podcast this week. Oh. Anyway, uh, I don't know why three of the four people on that show are dice clay. But here's here's what I'm gonna say at the top of the show. Um, I want you, the listeners of uh, this show, to tweet and tag someone and get them to call in and congratulate us <laughs> on getting to 200 episodes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Harass other people. I don't care if it's your friends. I don't care if it's wrestlers. I don't care if it's actual, like, shoot celebrities. If you have to buy a cameo or two or ten for us, you know? Sure. You know, what are they you called? On like pro wrestling tees, what's the bootleg cameo? Oh, I, you're, um, scams. <laughs> yeah, get a P- pro wrestling tee scam. <laughs> right. Um. So what I was gonna say was so two things in regards to that one, uh, from listening to uh the Mick Foley podcast. If you order your cameos through the like through the website as opposed to the app. The person that you're do like you're paying to do the cameo, they get more of a cut of the fucking money if yeah. you do it through a browser than through the app. I don't know why, but Mick Foley, who jokingly still has his communion money <laughs> as a fifty plus year old man, and on last week's episode of the podcast, had the most genuine look. Like he probably had the same look on his face when he was told that he was winning the WF title <laughs> in 1998. That he did when Conrad said, I'll pay for your premium YouTube subscription. Because <laughs> Mick was trying to pull something up and it was playing ads. Oh. And Conrad's like, I'll get you the YouTube premium. It's only like 10 bucks. And like Mick had this look on his face of like genuine adulation, right? Like this was like the most important thing that's ever happened in his life for him. But anyway, <laughs> but Mick makes sure on every episode. When he talks about his cameo, he says, book your cameos through the website, not through the app, because he gets more money if you do it through the website. So, yeah. So when you're getting a Mick Foley cameo to congratulate us next right. week, you know, make sure you give give him the right cut, you know? Right. And I think I didn't look it up, but I think the the Pro Wrestling Tease ones is called like shoot messages. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, always like weird people are like they they release the list of like who the most popular people are that week. And it's like QT Marshall, number one. I'm like, what was there like a sale or something? Somebody did it under duress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like usually it's like Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, and then like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, 
uh, Kip Sabian. <laughs> and again, this is going to put a hindrance on the show because I'm attempting to access the Pro Wrestling Tees website. So I'm getting not only multiple viruses. <laughs> They're stealing your credit card information. <laughs> They're somehow getting into my computer. So I'm looking to see what like the rates are. Who's a nice, affordable person? Top <laughs> sellers. Oh, Let me okay. See. Would it be under top sellers? I just went to like the the main landing page for it, you know. Oh no, this is top selling merch. Okay. I guess sometimes they'll put it out on social media, right? Yeah, it's like on Instagram. I see the lists, and it's uh-huh. sometimes funny. Ah, oh, let's see. Oh, let so, get, somebody get us Bryce. So ah. this is funny. There's like here's all these people like Billy Gunn, Blue Meanie, Bobby Fish, Brandon Cutler, blah blah blah. Uh, and then for uh, Hawkins, it says Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins. Okay. Then if you look here, Alex Shelley, Motor Machine, Motor City Machine Gun, Time Splitter, King of the Indies, Made in Detroit. Like get all those search things in there, you know, so people could um, uh, find them. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's value props too. <laughs> and uh, I will say, your people like your uh, Gloryhound Daniels or Cabana, who are doing them at like thirty or fifty bucks a clip. Mm-hmm. You know. They're the ones that, that are smart, you know, because then they'll probably get a ton. Yeah, you make it up in volume. Right. And I will also say this. If you are going to go through the trouble of contacting someone, either through this or through Cameo or whatever it is, um, to have them record something, you could just send us the money instead. Cut out the middleman, <laughs> you know? I'm just saying. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? For the bit, I, uh, yeah, I'll take the money. I'm unemployed. Right. <laughs> Now, I will say this. If you choose someone lame, we will judge you for wasting your money. <laughs> hey, Megabyte Ronnie for $12. Now, see, Hot Dog Ronald knows what's up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's smart business. All right. All right. Hey, anyways. Hey, hey, do you want to just do doll stuff up front, or are we going to go in the actual order of the format? No, we got to make them all wait for that. That's all like right. that's why everybody's tuning in. You know, when we get that bump of the numbers this week. It's because of the San Diego Comic Con talk. Right. It's the people that tune in just for that last quarter hour. <laughs> exactly. Because that's how podcasts work. Anyway. <laughs> and now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. All right. So I promised Adam that we're not collapsing any segments, but we're going to try to breeze through some segments, okay? All right. So no promises, but again, I'm shooting for under three hours for this week's show, right? (laughs) Yeah, I figured two hours for for Toy Talk and like an hour for the rest. Yeah. So uh, this week, Wrestling History 1990, and again, I know that's right on the cusp of Adam's fandom. Uh, even though he was privately pulling out knowledge from 1991, I don't want to put him on blast <laughs> or anything, you know. It, like, again, if it happened in 1990 or after, that it counts. It's not like it's. I wasn't like a baby then. I was old enough to remember it. So th- we go by the air date when it comes to stuff like this. But this was the TV debut of Power and Glory. Oh, nice. Uh, Paul Roma wrestles a match uh, against Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo beats him. After the match, uh, he's just lingering a little bit too long. And as was the time from like 1989 to 19 or 1989 to 1992, a rivalry or a feud would begin if somebody from the previous match is just lingering a little bit too long and the next match just has to come to the ring. Right. 
Oh, yeah, you're on a time schedule. Right. So the Rockers come out to check on their friend Paul Roma. And Roma's like, hey, man, what are you guys doing? And then Hercules, for no reason, comes out and says, hey, man, what are you guys doing? And then they beat the shit out of the Rockers. And that's their heel turn. And that's how they become power and glory. Now, randomly, like maybe a month earlier on TV, the babyface team of Hercules and Paul Roma teamed up. And just like they were baby faces, they had a tag team match and that was it. And then here it is a month later, that was to like establish their friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Paul Roma in that last month had start wearing black tights instead of the red young stallion tights. Oh yeah, you gotta, the the outfit's gotta match. Right. And uh, Power and Glory, I think, is like one of those teams that like could have been huge. And whether it be like injuries, whether it be Hercules just getting like too gassed up in a mobile <laughs> or later this year at Survivor Series where fucking they have the coolest finish in the world. The, the powerplex, right? Mm-hmm. Where Hercules gives the guy a superplex from one corner and Roma comes off the other corner and gives him like the superfly splash, right? Yep. So they do that to Hogan and Hogan no sells it. They're not, not even, work for me, brother. They're not even a team for four months. And like Hogan just like kills their finish. I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst. Probably cost them a Hasbro and everything. Eddie, oh my goodness. I know. All right. So power and glory, awesome underrated team should have been a uh, champion, should have had a huge run. Yeah. And I say Hercules was not gassed up enough. Uh, the best gassed up Hercules is like 92. He wrestles like in between, not quite a heel, but still kind of sort of face Sid Justice mm-hmm. on a Madison Square Garden house show. You can find the footage online. Sid gives him the power bomb. One, two, three. They ring the bell, and Hercules just gets up and walks out of the ring. <laughs> he just no sells Sid's power bomb like a month before WrestleMania. You know, it's like they yelled "cut," and he was like, "All right, getting up, go to crash." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And if you go look at Hercules, then, like, he's disgusting. He's just a mess. It's a shame. It's really embarrassing. Mm. Um, Okay, so also on this day in wrestling history, under normal circumstances, this is the Raw versus Nitro. But Nitro was preempted this evening for some reason. I don't know, maybe basketball? Who knows? Who cares, right? Maybe, uh, like, probably All-Star game. Baseball All-Star game, yeah. So uh, we're getting a little bit more sprinkling of the Attitude Era stuff in here, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They're in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The Hart Foundation make a challenge for later on that night to Stone Cold to find any two partners. And we're going to have a flag match where the object is to get to the other side of the ring and take your flag down off the pole and wave it around, right? Sure. Yeah. So Austin's like, hell, son, I already got one partner, dude love. He's my tag team partner. We'll go find someone else, right? So... Uh (laughs) <laughs> Two segments later, Shawn Michaels comes down. Shawn Michaels comes down in Canada. He takes the Canadian flag and he puts it down the front of his tight or the front down the front of his pants. He starts making all these like, this is the beginning of Shawn becoming like D-Generation X Shawn, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is the official announcement that at SummerSlam, he's going to be the referee for Brett versus Taker for the title. If Brett loses, Sean, uh, or if Brett loses, he could never wrestle in the United States again. But if Sean does not call the match right down the middle, he can never wrestle in the United States again either. Okay. Mm-hmm. So after this segment, it's followed up by uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley taking on the Patriot. Brett comes out 
and he gets in Vince's face. And he's like, what are you trying to swerve me? Huh? And like Owen and uh, Davey are holding him back. And Vince is just not doing anything, right? And like they've ignored the match. They're not even filming the match. It's just on Brett and Vince. And Vince stands up and Brett slaps the headset off of Vince's head. You've probably seen this a million times before, right? 100%, yeah. And then the look on Vince's face changes. It's like a switch flips and he's no longer Vince the announcer. And this is like the beginning of Vince the character. Yeah. And then him and Brett get into it. Brett grabs Vince by the jacket. Brett or Vince grabs Brett by the shirt and is pulling his shirt over his head. It's almost like a hockey fight between the two of them. It's crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So while this is going on, we come back from commercial and Shawn Michaels has been attacked backstage. So now he's leaving the building. He says that, McMahon, you're running a zoo here. These people are out of control, so on and so forth. So then Undertaker gets replaced in the match. It's Undertaker, Dude Love, Stone Cold versus Owen, Davey, and Brett. And the, the baby faces in Canada win. But it's like, this is like, this is the beginnings of like Shawn becoming DX Shawn. This is the beginning of like Vince becoming an on-screen character on the road to Mr. McMahon. Um, like a lot was going on, like no like memorable matches, but just a lot of like character stuff. Yes, like little twists and turns that were necessary for like the next decade of wrestling type deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so also on this day in wrestling history, 2002, World Wrestling Entertainment had their Vengeance pay-per-view. Um, and it's, this was right before they, like the brand split had already happened, but they aren't doing brand exclusive pay-per-views yet. Okay. Um, This is where, the only real major thing that happens on the show, I would say, is The Rock beats, uh, he wins the, the main event, Triple Threat, it's him, Undertaker, and Kurt Angle. Rock wins the title, and this leads to Rock versus Brock at SummerSlam in 2002. Okay. Which is a big deal, you know, Brock had just debuted in April of this year, 2002, and already they're hot-shotting him right to the title, but they're hot-shotting him because he was over, you know? Mm, yeah, and, and he won that first title match, right? He certainly did. Yeah, all right. Uh, also, on this day in wrestling history, uh, 2017 was Absolution 12 from our good friends at AIW. Uh, a lot of familiar names, a lot of familiar faces and different spots. Uh, then, than where they are today, uh, just looking over the thing, uh, Dom Greeny versus the Duke, uh, Britt Baker versus Swoggle, uh, Tom Lawler versus Eddie Kingston, uh, Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim, uh, it's a very, it's a very fun, very interesting show. I think I missed this one, uh, I think I was not going to shows at this point. I think my, like, real life schedule had gotten ahead of me, you know? Yeah, I'm looking at the the match, like, the match listing. Is this back when AIW used to do, like, the four or five-hour shows? Yes. Oh, I'm glad they got that out of their system. Mm. <laughs> they keep it to a lean three. It's yeah. the live iPay-Per-View that kind of keeps them on schedule, keeps them on track, you know? Yeah, keeps John honest. That's right. Uh, also on this day in wrestling history, 2007, uh, was the Chikara event showdown in Crisis Land. Uh, this was the first in canon uh, Chikara show that happened outside of Pennsylvania. There was one other show that happened at a college in Vermont in late 2004. 
maybe 2005. Anyway, all other Chikara shows up to this point had all been in Pennsylvania. This is the first time they was outside of Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, Colin and Jimmy Olsen are on this. Player Uno's on this. Claudio and Hero uh, are on this. Um, Shane Hawk and 2.0 are on this. But the thing that this event is most memorable for is Eddie Kingston versus Tim Donce. Now, Tim Donce had just debuted maybe about a year prior, 2006. And he was kind of like middle of the card, lower end of the card sort of thing. And if you've never seen this match before, uh, Eddie Kingston puts a beaten on Donce in this match. That is unheralded and unparalleled. You know, here we are, you know what, 15 years later? And again, who, 15 years later? We're all very old. <laughs> this is a thing that still comes up in, like, this was like a turning point for Dance's character. This is a turning point for Eddie's character in Chikara. Um, I'm pretty sure that, like, if this match itself isn't on YouTube, the clips of it are on YouTube. And, it, and like, I'll be honest with you, it gets uncomfortable. Like now, was this a, a beatdown that was all in good fun, or was there some reasoning behind this beatdown? No, this was just like, hey, we're gonna go out there and like make this kid by showing that he's taken like the biggest beating in Chikara history. Okay. And it kind of made Donst. You know, we'll we'll get to it when we get to the homework. But like for the next like five six years, like Donst is more or less like a made man in Chikara. He gets to wrestle in a bunch of other places, and it's all based on the whipping he takes in this match. All right, then it was worth it then, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I wasn't the one taking the beat, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll settle for being completely unsuccessful as long as I don't have to get beat up by Kingston, you know? Right. <laughs> and last but not least in the new, in the uh, This Day in Wrestling History segment, uh, it was one year ago today, Adam, that Fightful reported that there's rumors that CM Punk is going to be coming back to professional wrestling. What a what a reach for something to put in this day in history. But I get it. You want to find a reason, an excuse to put Phil from Chicago on the show. It's like me sneaking in a, a Bliss reference. Uh, but I get it. All right. I, did, I saw that pop up today, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting that it was like a year ago today that, like, the rumors began. And, like, how, like, how much has happened with not only wrestling period in the last 12 months, but, like, just, like, CM Punk, like, the debut happens two months later and all the other stuff that he ends up doing in AIW leading up to him winning the title and him getting injured and, you like know, turning just... heel and then face again and getting a couple of figs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about your boy. Oh my goodness. I, I, you know me, I'm a, a CM Punk apologist. I blind, blindly believe any story negatively or positively, mostly positively about him. Um, I definitely don't source my reporting or discussions about him, and I mostly do keep my mouth shut publicly about him and other people these days. <laughs> I will say related but unrelated, I was uh, – a lot of times I will not watch a TV show like live. I'll wait until the entire season's on my DVR. And I just started watching this past season of Mayans, which is a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy. And uh, like three episodes into it, just CM Punk shows up out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck is he doing on this show? <laughs> and he was only on it for like maybe 10 minutes, you know, like a bat, like not a background character, but just like a, hey, one and done type of deal. And I'm like, let's let's never do this again. Okay. <laughs> you know, he's not needed on a show that I enjoy. Uh, let's keep these worlds apart. 
He's already on one show that you enjoy. Two, if you count Rampage, under <laughs> protest. Three, I, you won't sit still for. I, I thought you were talking about heels because he's no. on that. <laughs> no one enjoys that show. Fair enough. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about stuff in wrestling from these uh, past seven days, huh? All right. Well, uh, Joe, I'm going to start off with the thing that obviously, aside from the San Diego Comic-Con talk at the end of the show, this is probably what we have the most amount of people tuning in for. Uh, and that is, of course, the follow-up of the Cora Jade heel turn on NXT this past week. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I know you didn't get a chance to, to watch NXT this week, so I, I made sure to do that for you. Uh, we got a promo from Cora Jade. She came out, and they adjusted her Titantron graphic to no longer have skateboards on the side of it, Joe, but broken skateboards to once again illustrate the fact that that skateboard was unjustly broken uh, by her former friend. And uh, Cora Jade takes the mic, and she says that she's the face of the NXT women's division, Joe. The face? She says that she's the face, and then she throws out the NXT women's tag team title, uh, pretty much just echoing what the company thinks of all the women's tag team belts. Uh, later on in the show, we're not done with Cora Jade, Joe. Uh, they have a number one contender battle royal to see who will take on Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. And Cora Jade comes out and everybody in the match, heels, baby faces, everybody, they all ganged up on poor Poor Cora Jade, who valiantly tried to fight it off, but uh, she got kind of, like, pushed out, like, not over the top rope. So it's like, oh, hopefully she's going to come back later on. Uh, and But, yes, Joe, she valiantly returned, and we all just said, yay, she's going to win. But that glory hound, Zoe Stark, went and uh, just deprived everybody of the, the match that they wanted to see, uh, which obviously was Jade versus Mandy Rose. So, uh Lots of twists and turns. Uh, we will revisit this on a weekly basis if we oh, need to. Jesus Christ. I <laughs> uh, mean, but, all right. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that she uh, threw out the belt, tag team belt, and uh, is apparently even the heels in NXT are not happy with her because of her throwing out the belt. Because uh, if there's one thing that apparently they all hold sacred, you know, it, it is the sanctity of the NXT women's tag team division. Uh, so uh, we will see where this goes. I'm, I'm here for it. Now, so, I will. So I will core, Jade. <laughs> I will admit under under uh, scrutiny that I did watch the women's battle royal uh, version that was up on YouTube. At the time, there was not a version put up on my favorite YouTube channel, WWE American Nation, which just puts full segments up and they don't care. Mm-hmm primarily because I wanted to see what, like, fun, innovative spots and stuff that they thought up for uh, Wendy Chu uh, to do in the in the thing, because I saw some GIFs of it. I'm like, oh, okay, that was fun. That looks like that might have been interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in the version of the Battle Royal that was put up on YouTube, uh, Wendy Chu apparently isn't in the Battle Royal. Like, they just completely edit around her for some reason. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly... I didn't pay much attention to the match itself because God's truth. I, I do not know who like three quarters of the people in that ring were, you right. know? So, uh, but I remember seeing Wendy Chu, like when the match started and then I lost sight of her. So I don't know if she did a thing, if she just pulled a Gail Kim and walked out. I don't know. <laughs> right. So I watched the version of that, that was up on YouTube uh, on the WWE official YouTube site. And I did watch 
the uh, version that was up on YouTube of the Dante Chen versus Axiom match. Uh, just to see how much of the serial numbers they filed off of uh, Razorhawk from Chikara. <laughs> and yeah. uh, not many. No. Not not many at all. Um, he wrestles without a top on. And, you know, Razorhawk's wrestled without a top on before, but not all the time. Um, and that's really the only differences between, like, the character and the poses and the moveset and everything else like that. And I know there was a while ago when they did Raw Underground and all the Chikara kids are like, oh, they stole that from our idea, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm like, eh, not really. You know, like six of one, half a dozen the other. Like, you're all stealing from Lucha Underground if you really want to get down to it. And then if you want to even get down further to it, Lucha Underground was Chikara West. Um, but uh, this is pretty egregious. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, that's all. Uh, so that was the uh, eight minutes of NXT I watched this week. Um, and I was surprised uh, Zoe Starks was back. Uh, I say Zoe Starks, plural. That's not her name. It's just Zoe Stark. She's not Ricky's sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're back on board, Joe. Right. Back on the NXT train. Um, so, yeah. So the other thing uh, I want to talk about, I, I did watch uh, a little bit of Raw this week, too. Wow. Uh, I watched the opening segment of Raw. Did you watch the opening segment of Raw, Adam? I did not watch a second of Raw. Okay, so Raw opened this week with World Wrestling Entertainment Global Ambassador Titus O'Neil coming out (laughs) and telling us, the World Wrestling Entertainment Universe, that the WWE is a safe space for everyone. There's no discussion or discrimination regarding political affiliation, sexual orientation, no matter what it is that you believe or no matter who you are, the WWE is for everyone. Now, I I might not be getting the exact quote right. I was going to have the whole transcript of it, and I was going to play the whole thing here, but um, what the hell do they have on Vince that this is how they started Monday Night Raw this week? (laughs) For them to have poor Titus O'Neil come out and literally lie and say World Wrestling Entertainment isn't about political stuff where, like, they do, like, big political-themed angles, like, all the time. Like, people were like, well, what about the Un-Americans? And what about this? And what about, like, Zeb Coulter and the We the People stuff? You know, and, like, you can get your Bruce Pritchards to spin that sort of stuff, but it was definitely playing on political stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Then, like, racial stuff, like, the whole Booker T versus Triple H build to WrestleMania, I know Bruce Pritchard will say to you, oh, it was not about racial things, it was about people that came from WCW, you know, <laughs> like Booker T and Maven and Shelton <laughs> Benjamin, all those WCW superstars that Triple H got to beat on his road to WrestleMania that year in beating Booker T, right? Uh-huh. Um, so poor Titus having to go out there and repeat that verbiage, but they must got some hot shit on Vince if they're trying to get this far ahead of it to show what a great place World Wrestling Entertainment is to be and to work with, and it's all-encompassing, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I think I saw, I saw this video on YouTube, because obviously uh, Ed Cody, friend of the show, uh, guest host last week, does his twi- uh, Twitter videos now, and he talked about it on YouTube uh, a couple days ago, or not on YouTube, on Twitter. 
so I went and I watched just this opening. I didn't realize it was on Raw. But I think the most jarring and shocking thing from the whole thing is that I learned that Titus O'Neil is a WWE Hall of Famer. And I was just like, all right, I'm all for detaching myself from reality. But uh, that that threw me off. I was like, I got to turn this off. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what and when comes out. I know there was talk that HBO Real Sports was talking about doing something. Uh, Wall Street Wall Street Journal has another piece that they're getting ready to drop any day now that more so focuses on Kevin Dunn, who is like Vince's right hand man. Um, I don't know. I might I, I I'd maybe get it out before SummerSlam, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I think and I, we talked about it last week um, that all these things can come out. But until a sponsor pulls their advertising from WWE because of these things, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I know, I don't think we talked about, it, but like Netflix scrapped that movie or documentary they were doing events. Yeah. And yeah. Bill like, Simmons was doing like a fictionalized biography of Vince or something, you know? Yeah. And it was like mostly done from what yeah. I heard and paid for. And they're just like, fuck it, throw all the money out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. All right. Uh, my other thing, Joe, and I think we might have some crossover here, but I want to complain about Eddie Kingston versus the pain maker, Chris Jericho in a barbed wire everywhere match. Now this match on paper was really, really, really good up until a certain point. <laughs> and I think we all know exactly what that point was but before we get there. Uh, the Jericho appreciation society is all up in the cage, which is just a cool old school bit, uh, shark week. So it's a shark cage. Um, we have Ruby Soho sitting at ringside with the key to the cage. Obviously, Tay Conti comes out and gets in Ruby's face. We have Anna Jay turning on uh, the darker order, maybe turning on Ruby and joining up with the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which kind of feels like an out of the blue, like attitude era turn. And I don't mean that in a good way, uh, but that was kind of weird. But obviously the Jericho Appreciation Society gets out and you're like, OK, this this could still be saved because the match up to this point was kind of awesome. Like, I really enjoyed seeing Eddie Kingston just beat the tar out of Jericho and Jericho wasn't bad in this match, despite looking ridiculous. Um, but like Blackpool Combat Club comes out. I'm like, all right, this is good. We have the baby faces, you know, just even in the odds, get all those people out. Let Eddie Kingston get the win, blow off this fucking feud so that we don't have to keep doing it. And what happens, Jericho gets his win back, and people can argue that, oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Eddie was standing and Jericho was on the spiderweb of barbed wire, so who really won in that? Jericho won. It's obvious. Jericho won. If there's going to be a match three, Eddie Kingston's got to win this third match, but, like, I'm like, at this point... Are we just going to end it and just be done with it? But I don't know. I want to see Eddie Kingston win this feud. They had all of it on paper. It was going to be a good blow off and they blew it at the last minute. And I'm not happy about it. But other than that, it was an interesting segment match. This is on my list. So I'm of three minds on this, uh, (laughs) Adam. Okay. So you mentioned the end of the match. The last thing that we see is Eddie standing triumphant and Jericho in the spider web of barbed wire. Okay. So they put up on YouTube, on the AEW YouTube page, after the cameras went off the air, and the video is titled, See Chris Jericho Stretchered Out After the Brutal Attack from Eddie Kingston. Oh, okay. He does a stretcher job, you know? Just like uh, MJF did for Wardlow, right? 
So the video is Jericho laying in the spider web doing this. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Ow! Help me! Ow! So they cut his pants out of the thing. They bring the paramedics out. Uh, they have the, the gurney, the stretcher there. Jericho stands up out of the spider web under his own power. Gets a standing ovation from the fans. And then kind of sits on the stretcher as they wheel him out. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so that certainly doesn't help our cause, right? Yeah. Um, the other mind that I'm of is, you know, you could say Eddie's the most over face in the company. Arguably behind John Moxley, maybe behind Punk when Punk comes back, right? Mm -hmm. um you could say that eddie's a main event person and is protected in a way on tv that he's never made to look foolish he always gets segments on tv he's one of like a handful of people like six people that's on both shows rampage and dynamite every week even if it's just a 30 minute promo segment even if it's them showing a recap of what he did on the previous show so these are all positive things for eddie right mm-hmm so there's one mind and the other mind, but then I have a third mind, okay? Yep. Um, it's the mind that when there's certain people involved and storylines and angles and so on and so forth in the world of professional wrestling, the veil kind of slips a little bit, and I forget that wrestling is a uh, scripted entertainment. And I get really mad when <laughs> my friend, who I really think hates Chris Jericho, gets screwed out of this match when it's very clear that Sammy Guevara should have been the shark cage. He wasn't in the shark cage. I knew Sammy was going to interfere. And then they get into the ring and they're doing this whole setup thing where it's like, Sammy's supposed to hold Eddie. There's supposed to be like a reversal or something. And then Sammy kind of screws it up with his footwork and Jericho hits the Judas effect. And then they're supposed to do thing at the end to set up Eddie getting his hands on Jericho and then Jericho and Sammy kind of fumble fuck around a little bit. And it looks weird and awkward and fake and phony. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this is another one of those situations where, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy has this huge win on TV over Chris Jericho. When, when have we ever seen that? I, I feel like I saw it once and then never, ever again. Right. Now, I'm not going to say that Jericho intentionally screwed up the pin because he forgot how to roll forward so that they <laughs> could never show the footage of him losing on TV again. Just like the whole setup to him going into the spider web of barbed wire and then the after footage of like is weird and awkward and strange so that, yeah, sure, Eddie stood tall at the end of the episode. But we'll never see that footage again because of how screwed up it is. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that Jericho's doing this stuff on purpose, but I think a lot of Jericho's stuff on TV gets like overproduced and over whatever. And people screw up and people mess up. And Jericho's like, oh, I'm an old hat. I'm a professional at this. I've been doing this for like 25 years. You know, no problem. Let's add 16 things and make this overly complicated when we don't really need to. Um, the whole thing sucked. I was pissed off about it, really mad. Uh, I was even screaming in here, and my kid's like, oh, boy, Dad, you were really mad over something in there. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was. Um, obviously, this feud must continue. Eddie has to get the clean victory at some point. 
so that Eddie could thankfully and hopefully move on from this Jericho garbage. Yeah, which this should have been dead and buried at the blood and guts thing. But if you're gonna if you're gonna extend it, you have to do one more match. Now I will say, um, and again, I know nothing. I'm just looking at the way that things are going currently. Um, I feel as though with what might be happening at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this weekend might have put a little bit of a delay on what Eddie's next thing was going to be. So they had to add a little extra padding onto this before they could move Eddie onto the next thing that is in the hopper for him. Okay. Well, no excuses, there... doesn't make it any better, but that's the only thing I could think of, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, they better. And I was going to say before we move on, it like obviously you made a point that Eddie Kingston, you know, he's portrayed as a top guy, so the loss is not important in at least in AEW's eyes. Right. But at the end of the day, they still claim that they're following a ranking system. You know, when you lose these matches, it hurts your ranking, which keeps him away from potentially challenging for for titles, which at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that's what you and I want is, you know, world champion Eddie Kingston. And I'm okay in the storyline of the world of professional wrestling because, you know, the easiest wrestling storylines are you're going for a title. And that's the storyline that you're going for a title or your storyline is that you're going for a title and someone screws you out of that. So now you're distracted from your title quest and now you have a blood feud to get this person who prevented you from getting the title. Yeah. Those are the two easiest storylines in wrestling to do. And I'll even go you one further. You know, everyone is saying, it's like, everyone's like, oh, I want Eddie to win the big one. I want Eddie to win the big one. And like, okay, he did win the pay-per-view thing against Jericho, but that was like the start of a feud as opposed to the end of a feud. You could argue what a big one constitutes as. And then there's people that'll say, it's like, oh, well, with Eddie being in all these big matches and losing when he finally does win the big one, it's going to be that much more sweeter, right? Mm. Okay, I get you. For anyone else but Eddie Kingston. I want Eddie Kingston to win all the big ones all the time. Yeah. yeah. I want it. You just won't be sick of him winning. It's just you're just going right. to win all the time, you know? Like, I want him to go on a Goldberg-esque streak, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can see it. All right. Well, Joe, do you have any other talking points? Yeah, I do. I got a bunch of other. I got a ton more that I can get into. But let's go with, like, I guess maybe the one that might have the most meat in the bone, if you will. No, uh, so more. <laughs> right. So this week they announced the main event uh, for the July 31st or whatever the hell day it is. The Ric Flair's last match show. <laughs> it's going to be Ric Flair and his son-in-law Andrade El Idolo taking on single J, J Lethal, and double J, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Now, that match gets announced like Tuesday afternoon-ish. And then, like, Tuesday night, we get the video to set everything up, right? Uh-huh. Did you get a chance to see any of that? I saw some gifts of a bloody elderly man in a parking lot. <laughs> right. So just to kind of – so uh, never listened to the show, but my friend uh, Doxy Stocksy said, I just watched a 26-minute video of 74-year-old Ric Flair being a dick to everyone in his life and them beating him up. And being proven to be right because Ric Flair's a dick. Yeah. And he puts a bunch of screenshots of it up and Conrad replies to him, he's only 73. (laughs) So essentially what happens is they do this press conference. Conrad's not there because he admits 
uh, on the Jeff Jarrett podcast that while he was at, he got sick while he was at the press conference and he shit his pants at the press conference and had to leave. Uh, and Conrad's a hefty man. So that was, you know, that was a dangerous situation. That was all I'm saying. <laughs> so because it's taking place in Tennessee and Jeff is supposed to get whatever that, you know, they announced it as Ric Flair day, Ric Flair's mad because the deputy mayor shows up and not the mayor. So then when Rick gets up there, He's busting Jeff's ass, saying, like, oh, well, the show's sold out, but I saved two comp tickets for you and your dad to sit front row. Ha ha. Then he casually throws out there that Jay Lethal's pissed at me because I couldn't get him a spot on the show. And I'm like, okay. Like, we're supposed to believe this. I get we're trying to paint a story to put some heat on the match, right? Mm-hmm. So Rick leaves. Jay's waiting for him in the parking lot, and Jay starts yelling at him and, like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know, why couldn't you get me on the show? I've been the one that's working with you all year, training you, so on and so forth. Now, caveat, they just recently announced a bunkhouse stampede battle royal match on the show, which is literally like 30 guys. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people in that match that had nothing to do with training Ric Flair for the last seven months for this matchup. Like, you could have thrown Jay Lethal into that. And Jay Lethal could have said, like, hey, couldn't you got me a better spot? And you could have had, like, Jay Lethal be, like, bitter about that. Because, but, like, so in this instance, Jay Lethal has proven to be correct and good because he helped Ric Flair train for this comeback. And Ric Flair's like, no, I can't even get you in the throwaway battle royal on my retirement show, right? (laughs) Yeah. So then Flair's trying to blow Jay Lethal off, blow Jay Lethal off. And then Jay Lethal gingerly taps Ric Flair in the midsection, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they keep saying, that's where his surgery was. That's where his surgery was. And I don't know, like, Ric Flair's had a lot of surgeries. I think you could pretty much hit him anywhere, and you're going to hit his surgery, right? Yeah, you might so, hit the on-off button on his pacemaker, too. Right, so Flair goes down, Jay Lethal's up in his face. Uh, Double J and Karen Jarrett, uh, by the way, hi, Karen. <laughs> uh, come out, and he's, like, trying to, like, Jay Lee Malone, like, Jay Lee Malone, Jay Lee Malone. Get off him, get off him, get off him. And then while Double J is trying to help Rick up, Rick is like, fuck you, and like brushing him off and like saying, fuck you, get out of here. I don't want your help, get lost. And then he says something to Jarrett that like is difficult to pick up. So Jarrett's just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna start beating him up too. Karen, give me your shoe. And then he goes to like hit Ric Flair with his shoe. And Ric Flair does like the most blatant, obvious blade job. And then says, and then starts screaming, He's hard weighing me. He's hard weighing me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible, right? Yeah, he's using inside terms. That's how you know it's a shoot, Joe. Oh my God. But like, as we're seeing fucking Flair like blade himself on camera, Flair is saying he's hard weighing me, right? Yeah. Oh, so then they continue <laughs> to beat him down. Flair's bleeding like a stuck pig. So then this leads into this was released separately, but then it was also the introduction to the Jeff and Conrad show, My World on Wednesday, where Conrad and Jeff have to, like, pretend like they hate each other. And I'll give them credit. They did a good job of it. And they played up that there was animosity, that Jeff did this to Conrad's father-in-law and all this other shit. But, like, I know, like, the build was horrible. It was shot poorly. Rick comes off as bad. 
the way that this is all being presented is like what you shot is Ric Flair is an asshole. But the way that you're acting is, is that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are the assholes. So like it doesn't match, right? What you shot, what you're doing, two completely different things. So then they're doing a podcast about Jeff Jarrett's relationship with Ric Flair over the history of both of their respective careers. And then like for 20 minutes, they're doing like a regular podcast like they normally do. And then just all of a sudden out of nowhere, Conrad will take a jab at Jeff or Jeff will take a jab at Conrad. And then they'll go into like this work shoot nonsense. And I get they're trying to sell a thing. The show's sold out, right? Mm -hmm. You're not selling any more tickets. It's a week and a half before the show. You're not moving anyone to a bigger building. (laughs) <laughs> um, you could have just said, this is the match and that's it. And people are going to come and whatever you didn't need to like work so hard to have there be so much heat and listener to the show, friend of the show, Stefani mentioned to me that all of this has to culminate. None of this is worth anything unless Jeff Jarrett gives Conrad the El Cabong guitar shot. <laughs> that's what this all needs to lead to. That's the only satisfying payoff at this point is Jeff fucking levels Conrad with the guitar, right? Yeah. No one's looking for this match to be a work rate thing. No one's looking for this match to be a heated thing. If Flair's gigging for a shitty parking lot angle, you better believe he's gigging for his retirement match, right? Mm-hmm. And I tweeted this out. The match is going to be like 18 to 20 minutes. Ric Flair is going to do a lazy comeback. He's going to get uh, Jay Lethal in the figure four. They're all going to cry. They're all going to hug after the match. And they're all going to enjoy some woo wings. World championship flavor, um, definitely a real thing that's not a bunch of ghost kitchens that have yet to <laughs> announce what any of the flavors are or sell a single product. <laughs> Maybe they're waiting for you to buy a franchise. I'd love to buy a franchise. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I hope he doesn't die. That's all I care about. I don't want to watch it, but I, you know, that's all. <laughs> It's so not I, worth caring about. I will say this. is, And this is morbid, and I'm sorry. Is Ric Flair going to live to see August 1st? Yes. <sighs> is Ric Flair going to live to see January 1st of 2023? I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. Well. Well, you can set up a pool on the side. I don't want any part of it. Okay. I'm just wondering. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you have any more? No, I, I, there's more I can get into, but uh, I think it'd be best if I don't. All right. Well, Joe, you mentioned before that uh, there's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up. So uh, let me just hit some music here. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston. Soho. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? All right, Joe. So, as you mentioned before, there's a Ring of Honor pay per view this weekend, but I don't really care about Ring of Honor. So, I'm oh. going to have you do, does Joe know the card for AIW Absolution 15? And according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling information, AIW doesn't exist. But according, What? Yeah, it, Wikipedia gives no love to AIW. So, according to Instagram, 
the most trusted source of cosplay girls slyly advertising their OnlyFans. Absolution 15 has nine matches, Joe. Do you know the card? Yeah, I do, because uh, I am a good AIW uh, pilled boy. Uh, so I have to say, I know the main event, but I have to save it for last because we have to discuss things. But before we do, um, I get ring of honor kind of sort of is a dead brand and they're doing what they can, uh, to build things up, but it's going to be cool to see Claudio win the title. And I think the Briscoes versus FTR is going to be awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that out of the way, nine matches, you said, right? That is correct. Okay, so we got uh, Tim Donst versus Kaplan. Mm-hmm. We have PB Smooth versus Isaiah Bronner. That's true. Uh, we have the four-corner tag team match with uh, Cheech and Colin, Jolly Bill- Jollyville Fuckets, the Bitcoin Boys, and members only. Yep. Uh, we also have two out of three falls of Jocelyn Navarro taking on Katie Arquette. That is correct. That's four, right? That is, yep, four. Five, we have the Duke versus Wes Barkley. Yep. Uh, We have, uh, for the tag team titles, PME defending against Bulking Season, uh, who are doing some sort of fancy cosplay tag team memorabilia thing or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to clue you in on what's going to happen, but I've been sworn to secrecy. Right, right. we also have Matt Justice taking on Big Twan. Yep. And that's how many now? Seven? Uh, yeah, you are missing two. I know the main event, and I'm saving that for last for a reason. And forgetting the main event, what's the other match I'm forgetting? We have the Bone Collector, Casey Carrington versus Dom Garini. Ah, oh, God damn it. You forgot Dom. Dom. <laughs> I, and I was talking to Dom about this today, too. Uh, yeah, Dom Greeny versus uh, in the dog collar match. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Dom. <laughs> um, but main event uh, for the absolute and intense titles, uh, Joshua Bishop is taking on Derek Dillinger. Uh, but there is a bit of a caveat with this match. Uh, and again, I have to find the exact tweet here. There was a lot of activity in the the chat this week. <laughs> But I have to find the exact social media post here, right? All right. Mm, nope. That's not it. I'm killing time. Uh, it was from Broski. Okay, here we go. Oh, there. Yep. <laughs> this is an official statement. I'm pausing for a reason. Not a work. Pausing for a reason. I refuse to hand over these AIW titles unless John Thorne pays me my full rate for this show and all shows I would have worked for the rest of the year in cash in a Money in the Bank briefcase. He's strict but fair. Okay. (laughs) Now, I will be the first one to say that when it comes to shit like this, it's an official statement, Adam. It's uh-huh. not a work, Adam. I take him at his word, but go right. ahead. <laughs> and there's nobody that's cornier and lamer when it comes to shit like this than Broski, right? <laughs> and I purposely have not been in communicado with John Thorne regarding any of this stuff. 
I purposely don't want to know what's going to happen only because if Broski was doing this anywhere else, I'd be the first one to call bullshit. This is lame. This sucks. Whatever it is. And because it's happening in AIW, is what Broski's doing lame and sucks and everything else like that? Yeah. But I trust the process in AIW. I trust what John and the booking committee, Pat, and Bruce sitting around the pool <laughs> having a nice bowl of soup. Um, I'm sure John has something up his sleeve if Broski was doing something like this. Um, I think this would have worked better without Broski putting in, like, if Broski didn't put in there, not a work, okay? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, this is lame, whatever, 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 right? Yeah. But the fact that he put in that it's not a work means it immediately is a work, and I immediately think it's going to be lame because Broski's involved. Um, I have a feeling what's going to happen. Um, again, I don't see Broski walking out of there with his payday. Is like He's walking out of there with this payday. I don't think he's walking out of there with any of the future paydays because I could just say it's like, well, I didn't have you booked for the rest of the year. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I would get him a kid's Money in the Bank briefcase, not like an official one off WBShop.com. <laughs> okay. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I trust the AAW process, but I am looking at this with like a one cross eye, uh, only because uh Broski's involved and he's a corny motherfucker. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll allow you to say that. I don't agree with you, but you do have final edit on the show, so I guess we'll leave that in there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously we can get into a little bit if you have any predictions, but I will say uh, you can decide amongst yourselves, listeners out there, is Absolution the show homework this weekend or are we taking a weekend off of show homework because of Ring of Honor? Uh, it could be either or, but watch Absolution. That's I will be watching it. Yeah, and it hasn't been officially stated that it'll be streaming live uh, on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium this Saturday night. But it's going to be streaming live this Saturday on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it from enough non-official sources. <laughs> like, I've seen it on Twitter. Like, enough people have just spoken into existence that I, I'm just going to assume that it, it's going to be there. You know? Yeah. And like I said, I freely admit that I'm an AIW homer. Um, you know, I love all the guys there from the top to the bottom, whether I met them or not, or whether whatever my relationship with them is. They're the like the hardest working crew going out there. Um, you know, they are the Midwest and they have competition. You know, uh, there's another show running uh, the same area that same weekend. And uh, I have a feeling they're going to break double digits on uh, live attendance this this time. Yeah. The competition. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Also, I'm going to win the goddamn tag titles with Chuck Stone. I mean, so you got to tune in for that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the no sell, mm-hmm. Dick. All right. Um. So the other thing I want to mention is, of course, uh, you know, we have that this AIW show that's coming up this weekend. Uh, we have the AIW show that's next weekend, the Great Lakes Wrestle Fest, which we will be at doing a live edition of at odds with wrestling wrestling cheer is going to be there pod van dam is going to be there live edition of uh the card is going to change uh they're doing the first annual bill alfonso hardcore tournament there as well 
Um, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a fun time. And now we just got to figure out how we're all getting there, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it'll work out. Right. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, this week, uh, tickets went on sale for the LVAC Steel Stack Smackdown. And more talent has been announced uh, since we last recorded. And uh, Eddie Kingston's going to be there. Yay, it's someone you like. It's someone I like. <laughs> um, and again, I guess, uh, you know, sometimes it's tough to hear over the recordings. And I guess maybe I missed Ed saying last week that it's going to be Eddie uh, in the final edit. I was probably trying to look for other stuff as well. Um, I knew I the announcement was coming soon. Uh, so that's why I was trying to be as ham-fisted as possible to kind of reward the listeners of this show, you know? Yeah. I don't Maybe remember him get... saying... Oh, good. I don't uh, remember it's... Ed saying that it was Eddie Kingston. I think somebody contacted me and said, like, oh, did you... I'm like, I'm surprised you didn't edit Ed, edit it out, Ed, saying that it was going to be Kingston. And I'm like, oh, I must have missed it. It was, like, over everyone kind of talking over each other, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to see Eddie Kingston in person for the first time ever. And hopefully yeah. uh, I stay on his good side. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in, I'll keep you in line to keep, you know, whatever. <laughs> Listen, I, I will run bits and stage coups against many people. <laughs> I will not do it against Eddie Kingston. <laughs> now, do you want me to tell Eddie to be a dick to you so it doesn't ruin the illusion of who Eddie really is or... Uh, no, no, it's okay. okay. <laughs> I'm right. willing to break down that third, that wall. Um, but I do have an Eddie Kingston figure ready to get signed. So that's my, my bucket list item there. So or, maybe a Mark photo as well. Uh, so the other thing, uh, I guess is no official match has been announced yet. Um, a lot of suggestions, a lot of things have been thrown out there, but nothing is set in stone yet. Yeah. And uh, like I believe I saw on social media that all of the like seating is like sold out. So all they have left is general admission without a single match being announced. Right. Uh, just talent on a poster. And I think that's pretty awesome. Now, I know this is a much bigger building uh, than LVAC has been running before. I know that there's going to be seven matches, uh, which, again, is going to make it the biggest LVAC show to date. Um, but that being said, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit before we get any sort of, uh, match announcements, you know? Yeah. This will be a two DVD set. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I really gotta, uh, if, if really everyone sticks to their times this time, you know? <laughs> um, well, I know that you'll, you'll make sure to tell them what to trim, you know, cause you are a time stickler. Yes. And I will say what's been tossed around and what's been bandied about for, uh, Eddie's match on the show. Um, it is going to very much fit into what LVAC is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way I could put it. Like what's been bandied about, like a lot of stuff written in pencil, nothing solidified yet. Fair enough. We got some time. All right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, it's homework time. You'd mentioned that, uh, the homework for this week upcoming is to watch the AIW show. Yeah. Because that ended up being the, does Joe know the card? So let's talk about what we assigned from last week. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Uh, 
All right, Joe. So you assigned me another Chikara show. We're back to the thick of uh, the Chikara history lesson that you're giving me. And in addition to an event center, you assigned me the Shoulder of Palace. So I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about before we get into this. Uh, so we skipped the two March shows in Florida. Um, again, interesting shows, to say the least. Um, you know, it's discussed on the commentary for this. So the uh, Friday night show, um, it was a double main event of Hollow Wicked taking on X-Pac, Sean Waltman, and Eddie Kingston taking on uh, Awesome Kong. Now, the next night was supposed to be Eddie defending the title against uh, Green Ant. Uh, and this is information that's out there, but Eddie went out drinking. Eddie punched a mirror in his hotel room, fucked up his hand, and ended up in the hospital and missing the show, right? Mm -hmm. So the Saturday show essentially just becomes like a happy, fun time throwaway show for the local crowd and really no true storyline progression. There's stuff from the Friday night show, but nothing that's crucial, nothing that's like to the greater story. You know, it, it does come up on commentary. That going into those Florida shows, Devastation Corporation had three points, um, and 3.0 beat them uh, to retain the titles there. Uh, in hindsight, um, you know, obviously I will say Devastation Corporation gets beat way too much during this era. They should have been much more unstoppable, but that was not my decision to make. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. Like, what, how they were debuted, like, just, like, killing jobbers and stuff like that, and just two on three, two on four and stuff like uh versus, it, well, to me, a very short amount of time later, you know, because obviously in real time it might have been months, but, you know, for me it's, like, three shows. They've definitely fallen down the ladder a lot, but... All right, so you gave me an event center, and, you know, this was hosted by Bryce. We had a promo with uh, Ultraman is Black and Hollow Wicked. Mandis did all the talking on that. Uh, and then we had a Jigsaw promo basically talking about his tag match with Quack and the mystery opponent that I really wish you didn't put in the notes uh, as far as who Quack's tag partner was. But, again, we'll get it straight one of these days. I forgot that it was a surprise. Yeah, but uh, no big deal. But... An okay event center. Uh, I mean, I like Mandis's promo. I like when he, you know, kind of gets a little nonsensical, and I mean that in a good way. But uh, the Jigsaw one was kind of okay. You know, I didn't care much for that. Uh, I will say it was to build up and, like, for Jigsaw to, like, sprinkle the seeds of doubt of who the tag team partner would be. And I always forget that this was an era where Hollow Wicked still didn't talk. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the show itself, uh, I guess, was this taking place like WrestleMania weekend or WrestleCon or something like that? Yes, so, so this was when uh, WrestleMania was in like New York, New Jersey at like Giant Stadium or whatever. And we were part of WrestleCon. We were one of the few shows that were not on like whatever the Fight TV, iPay-Per-View, whatever package was there, you know. Mm -hmm. um and there was like shimmer shows there was dragon gate usa shows there was evolve shows there was tons of stuff going on there and like on the other side if you know you're looking from hard cam there was like a a, a partition set up and on the other side of that partition was like meet and greets and vendors and like all sorts of stuff like that 
Okay. Yeah, because it was mentioned, like, uh, maybe in the first match that I watched, that it was a capacity crowd, one of the biggest shows, uh, biggest crowds that Chikara has ever performed in front of. You know, and when you're looking at the hard cam, you know, just seeing what's to the left, what's to the right, what's in that little bit of space between the ring and the the entrance, uh, you're like, okay, this doesn't look that big. And then there were times when, you know, Smart Mark Gary uh, shows the crowd that's, the, on the side of hard cam and it's like holy shit there is a lot of people there and I, I know that due to the setup of the ring and the entrance and all that uh you can't really do much but i it would have been a better image if like more of the crowd was visible from the hard cam side if that makes sense you know yeah there was a lot of people there so i would say by the end of the night like we were saying that it was like over fifteen thousand people or 1500 people there it was legit close to a thousand like a thousand paid, which was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like as far as the shows that I've seen, the most people for a Chikara show. For sure. All right. So you told me to skip the first match. So the first one that I watched was the Batiri versus Devastation Corporation versus the Throwbacks versus the Spectral Envoy. And I, I feel like we, we've seen this maybe on the last Chikara thing, but we have Blaster McMassive, Max Smashmouse, Max. God damn it! One of these days, I'll be able to say Max's name. Smash Master. Just say, just say Scott. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're gonna have Blaster Scott, and then somebody. Uh, and I'm not talking about Sidney Bacabella. There's a third big dude that comes out during the entrance, and then we don't see him again. So, right. uh, am, am I supposed to just forget that he's there, or does this pay off? Well, this is a third guy. You see, Bacabella send him to the back. Okay, see, uh, I didn't see Sydney send him to the back. You yeah, know? he just kind of, like, motions to him to go to the back, right? Okay. And then we have, when the Spectral Envoy comes out, we have Ultramantis Black, and then I'm going to say again, who? And it's Blind Rage, and this is another person that I, I do not recognize. Right, new person returning back to the Chikara fold. He was a Chikara OG back from 2002. Okay. Um, and he would just kind of sporadically come in and out, like he was there in 2002, and then he was gone for a while. Then he was there in 2005, and then he was gone for a while. And then he comes back here, and like this is the longest stretch that he stays with Chikara. I think he's almost there until like 2016 during this run. Okay. Um, yeah, just uh, when I see Spectral Envoy on paper, I don't uh, I don't picture this dude, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I, I mentioned last week, I fault the way that the write-ups go on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, but I do, uh, I have been taking my, like, actual old notebook from those days to, like, see the notes and see who's in these matches and that sort of thing. Okay. And obviously the throwbacks, we have Dasher, Mr. Touchdown, and the Bateria or the Bateri. Um I don't, I don't have a ton of notes for some of these matches, but there was a, a good segment where there was a, a bunch of Tope Suicida attempts on Smash Master where he was, like, catching uh, members of the Bateri and throwing them into the uh, the guardrail. Uh, and eventually, like, Blaster does a dive to the outside over the top rope, like, really athletic dude. Um, obviously, Dasher's doing his baseball spots where he's, you know, doing the swinging of the bat, and it was fun to see Ultramantis Black get involved in that. You know, just a... A funny side to the in-ring character. 
Um, Mr. Touchdown gives Bacabella a wedgie at one point, uh, poor Sydney. Um, but eventually Devastation Corp defeats Dasher. Uh, that was the first elimination, which was surprising. Uh, Ultramantis rolls up uh, Blaster. And then uh, the Batiri pulls off a surprising win with a kick. Uh, they basically kicked uh, the head off of uh, Mantis's young boy there. And the Batiri win. Young boy. I think Blind Rage and Mantis are the same age, but I get you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, match was good. Um, I'm not a fan. Like, just as much as I'm not a fan of the two out of three falls matches where the first fall is super long and then the second fall happens immediately and then we get, like, another long match, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In an elimination match like this where we get a long match and then we just get elimination, elimination, elimination. Yeah, I was thinking about that because it's like, obviously, you don't want to give any of the tag teams like the short shrift and be like, okay, you're only going to be out there for two minutes, but everybody else gets 15 minutes. But you know what? So what? It's a payday. You know, right. <laughs> like somebody's got to take one for the team and just let's mix this up and have a quick elimination, you know? Right. I, I think there could have been a different team that you could have been in there, had in there besides Devastation Corporation. I get why you wanted to have Devastation Corporation be on the show. Um, but having them pinned, even if it's by Mantis, like they should have been the first one. Like if it was me booking this, they would like do all your shit. Everybody does their spots. Um, Blaster did like a really cool dive and that's very impressive for a very big man. Um, and everyone was there to catch him, but you should have did a thing where somebody gets isolated. Like, like say you do the thing where like uh Dasher gives Bacabella the wedgie, right? And he's out there selling. One of the Devastation Corporation guys goes to check on him, thinks he's hurt. The other Devastation Corporation guy is left alone. And now all six of the guys team up on him and they all like dogpile on him, right? Yeah, like uh, Sydney makes, uh, you know, Max carry him backstage. Or something. You know? Yeah. Just, I think that would have worked better to help their mystique that like it took like all six of these guys to eliminate him from the match, right? Yeah, they all and hit the, him with their finishers, and he's just staggering or something. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the main things here, of course, was to rebuild that just after coming off, like, being one of the hottest heels in Mr. Touchdown, that him and Dasher are now teaming up. And Touchdown's, like, technically a face, but he's still doing heel things, and Dasher's trying to stop him. And then Dasher's hurt after the match, and then Sugar comes out. And Touchdown's, like, there's a family thing, and... Sugar's like, well, I'm his friend. And he's like, well, you're not family. Get lost. Okay, so you have that. But then, of course, it's a way to get Batiri to have three points so that they could be the next ones to contend against 3.0 to give 3.0 another title match. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, we're transitioning, obviously, from uh, – Archibald Peck versus Mr. Touchdown, and now we're going into, you know, Mr. Touchdown versus Sugar Dunkerton, or at least there's being some kind of dissent there. Uh, it's a huge step down for Mr. Touchdown in my eyes, as far as me being interested in what's coming up. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Dasher and uh, uh, Angela said he can turn things around for me. But next up, you assigned me Fist. The entire team of fist of Johnny Gargano, Chuck Taylor, Icarus, and the aforementioned Sugar Dunkerton versus 3.0, Gran Akuma, and Marty Jannetty. I will say that uh, Gavin Loudspeaker sure is throwing around the term legendary uh, pretty loosely when he's talking about Marty Jannetty, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that right off the rip, uh, Chuck Taylor was trying to hide a full-size steel chair in his trunks. Uh, I, I 
I thought it was going to work. I really did. I wish that that would have uh, stuck around a little bit longer. Uh, we see a dance-off between Marty Jannetty and Sugar Dunkerton. Uh, there was a cool spot where everybody was kind of doing head scissors to each other, and we had a long chain of them. And eventually uh, Shane Matthews comes in, turns it over into like a huge Boston Crab. A um, little bit of Bryce getting involved in the match, shoving uh, Chuck Taylor and eventually doing a her and Kairana. And Icarus taps out Gran Akuma via the Chikara special, and Fist gets the win. Yeah, so looking at this, looking at my notes, and seeing that this match goes over 18 minutes, which is longer than the main event goes, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing in this match? But again, a lot of this was in front of a lot of new eyes for Chikara, so you want to pull out a lot of your greatest hits and a lot of your fun spots. Uh, I love that Shane Matthews. Uh, part of his gimmick is that he does a Boston Crab, which admittedly is a very lazy <laughs> submission to do. And the fact that not unlike DDP could hit the diamond cutter out of anywhere, he could hit a head scissors from out of anywhere. Um, just fun little stupid things for the character. Um, for some reason on commentary, we're calling uh, Scott Parker. Scott Parker. And I don't remember why we were doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it must have been something we were fucking around with backstage for some reason. I have no idea. Um, but Marty Jannetty needs to be in here for the piece with the end where Chuck and Gargano are still like, get lost, sugar. But Icarus is finally like now here after that time in November where they had the match where it was fist versus fist uh, in Cleveland. And Icarus like does the baby face thing. And like even during the match, there's the spot where Marty Jannetty tells Icarus to put the jacket back on to cover up the tattoo, and he does. So the bits here, of course, are Marty Jannetty, Icarus admires and listens to Marty Jannetty, uh, Icarus wins with a babyface move, the Chikara special, and Icarus is the one that says, like, he's the one that finally says, like, we have to accept sugar in the group. Yeah. Okay. All important story beats over the next several shows. Yeah. Now, like I mentioned, I think the last time we did homework that it felt like they dropped the the Icarus showing signs of being a good guy, you know, and this is the the return of that potentially. Uh, I, I will say we are in the home stretch of that. We have approximately and I say approximately uh, one, two, three more shows, maybe before this all blows up. OK. All right, next up, we have Tim Dons versus Archibald Peck. Uh, we have a, a backstage slash outside parking lot segment with Donst, and we have Veronica Ticklefeather, who is now dressed like a 70s biker chick. Uh, Jakob Hammermeyer brings in Steve the Turtle Liner uh, as, like, Tim's new mascot. Obviously, Tim doesn't care about that, doesn't want him there. But, uh, you know, whatever. Uh this is just more of the this the stuff with you know Don's being a dick to his his flock. Uh, Archibald Pack, you know, comes out does all the 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 marching band stuff again. He's got a a reverse Styles Clash, which was kind of interesting. I was like, this is weird. It looked like he was setting up uh, Don's for like a pile driver or something like that, but he had him low, and I was worried. And yep. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, Leonard, uh, the, on commentary, Leonard F. Carson tells Mantis about Vine being the next big thing, and I hope right. Leonard, I hope Leonard bought stock in that company, you know. <laughs> but it turns out that uh, Archibald Peck's new uh, new move. 
that he had been talking about was this thing. Uh, I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, commentary did a good job of describing it. You kind of wrap your ha- your arm around a guy's neck and then fall to the ground and drive their head into the mat. Uh, I think it's called a suplex. I don't know. Uh, but that was Archibald's new uh, new finishing move, but that did not finish off Donst. Uh, Peck ends up winning via flying diving headbutt off the top rope. Um, so that's pretty much it for the match. The match was kind of like meh. Uh, not really a lot of comedy stuff from my boy Archibald in there. And after the match, Gavin Loudspeaker grabs the mic and starts telling uh, Donst's crew that Donst doesn't care about them and, you know, they should all leave him. And uh, basically, Donst grabs some scissors and goes in and, and, like, trims off, like, an eighth of an inch off of Gavin's hair. Uh, but that's how the match ends. Uh, so, uh, Archie, again, of course, yes, he's still a humorous character, but he's been on a winning streak. Yeah. Onward and upward for Archibald Peck, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Could be leading somewhere. Definitely is leading somewhere. The Don stuff with Gavin Loudspeaker. This is not the first time that he's gotten involved with Gavin. This is not the first time that Gavin has been openly vocal uh, in regards to the way that Don treats his crew. And again, you said the flock. Uh, Obviously... You know, Donst is Raven, Jakob <laughs> is Stevie, yeah. uh, Veronica is Beulah, and now Steve is the Blue Meanie. <laughs> um, I, I like I would never in a million years say that I was ever had anything to do with the booking in Chikar. Never in a million years would I ever say any of this. But a lot of times my ideas would show up on the shows, right? Yeah. And I'm okay with that when an idea like this of mine that I talked about with Mike and individually with Donst and like talked with Don's promos and like I'm like watch this Raven promo and watch this Raven segment and watch this you know not that Don's wasn't like a fan of those sort of things but like no 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 like really like get it down you know like especially where everything was supposed to be building to um but yeah I just I I liked the way that this was unfolding you know just because I remember like you know this was my idea you know it's (laughs) all right fair enough uh next up we have the colony and no, I'm sorry. Extreme Force. I don't know. They're I'm very confused. I'm no, very confused so it's, by it's, all this. All right. So let me. You know what? Let me handle this. I'll take lead on this. So it's Colony Extreme Force, which is Orbit Adventure Ant, Missile Assault Ant, and Arctic Rescue Ant, along with their leader Soldier Ant, taking on uh, the Colony Fire Ant, uh, uh, Green Ant, and uh, a Sail Ant, along with Frightmare. Four on four. Right. So this is, if you remember from the last Easton show, Wink and Soldrant have the thing where it's like, hey, you aren't happy with where I assigned you before. What if I give you your own crew of people to do things with, right? Yeah. So Wink goes and recruits Colony, Colony Extreme Force, which is essentially like just the next level of action figures with like cool add-on accessories. Now, granted, nobody brought their fucking accessories to this show, so nobody There's, had any of the shit, right? There's a snowboard. Right, but fucking... He has the snowboard. Uh, Missile is supposed to have, like, this backpack and a helmet. Orbit is supposed to have, like, this fucking light-up helmet and stuff. They're all supposed to have gimmicks, right? Mm. So they come out and Wink awards them the Colony's 2011 King of Trios medals. He changes the record book to say that Colony no longer won King of Trios. This Colony did, right? Yep. So this is the heated battle. Between these guys, Soldier Ant still doesn't really want to fight his friends. 
uh, fight, fight, fight. They're coming along and the match ends because during the match, the extreme force guys are all trying to pull the masks off the babyface colony in Frightmare. The finish comes and Missile Assault Man pulls the mask of Frightmare. Frightmare covers his face and that allows them to pull him up. Referee didn't see anything of that because if you pull the guy's mask off in Chikar, that's an immediate disqualification. Yeah. Um, obviously, I like a lot of the people that are in this match. Uh, yes. But I'm, it, there's just way too many moving parts for me to like it. I get it. I get the wink thing. You know, I get I like like, let me just change what I'm saying. I like the idea of, oh, we're going to do another line of figs. You know, we're merchandising where the real money is made. You know, right. the, the I like that. But when it comes to the matches itself, uh, I, I just I'm like, who's with who? Aside from your original colony people, uh, it just gets it gets overwhelming. You know, I get you. Well, there's there's eight people in the match and seven of them are wearing similar costumes. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next up we have, I'm shocked that this wasn't the main event, but it is what it is. We have hollow wicked versus Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is making his 10th defense of the grand championship. Uh, obviously I am rooting for Eddie Kingston because hollow wicked once called me a lower than dirt trash person. Uh, so as you said, Eddie Kingston had a bit of a kerfuffle and his hand was heavily taped up. And uh, making it so that he can't do an effective uh, backfist to the future. Uh, this match, I feel like it went very quickly. Uh, you know, partially because you know Eddie's hand was messed up. But uh, Eddie Kingston kicks out of a go to sleepy hollow. Uh, Wicked uh, ends up ripping off or starting to rip off some of Eddie's uh, hand tape, and so Eddie hits him with the backfist from the opposite hand. Uh, and we had a pretty short match here. Um, so before I go, like, turn it over to you, I will say that I was complaining uh, during the last Chikara show that uh, Eddie just basically sells a, a foot injury or a leg injury the whole match. And uh, he did not sell the foot injury, the leg injury. Uh, he just sold the hand injury, which was, you know, real. Uh, but I feel like by the end of this title reign, I know nothing about nothing, but he's going to be wrestling in a full body cast uh, because... Wink just keeps on throwing more and more shit in his way, you know, and Eddie Kingston, obviously, it's going to come to a point where he cannot, you know, survive this. I don't mean like survive, survive, but there's only so much a champion can withstand when the deck, deck is stacked against you that eventually he's going to have to, you know, just kind of break down. But uh, and also after the match, Eddie Kingston almost like went to murder a guy in the crowd. Uh, but that's all I have for the notes. <laughs> It's funny. So I guess so. If you go and we'll, you know, there's still one more match. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch this, head over oh, to no, our friend I, Kevin's yeah. uh, blog at Masked Library. He does a full write up on this. And it wasn't here. It must have been in one of the other event centers that, or maybe I skipped over the thing. But Wink essentially says at this point, uh, as you mentioned, that he's just wearing Eddie down until he eventually loses the title. He says that Eddie has to now defend the title on every Chikara event going forward. Right? Yeah. Uh, and obviously Wink is just trying to like just throw as many challenges in front of Eddie as he possibly can until Eddie loses. He's hurt. He can't recover anything else like that. Um, and also when Eddie goes after the fan in the crowd, it was because the fan was ch yelling at Eddie, calling him John Cena, uh, which is very funny. All things considered. Um, I thought this match was good, but I agree with you a little short. These two have actually had much better matches prior to this back in like 06. Um, and then in between this, and they would go on to have better matches after this. 
Um, but again, this was good for what it was, just not the best that these two guys can do. And we said Eddie was hurt going into the match, so that was probably an issue. Yep. All right, so next up we had the main event, which was Jigsaw and the Shard versus Mike Quackenbush and his mystery uh, tag team partner, which was Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, right off the bat, I, I don't have a lot of notes for this, but I'll just say that uh, there was an acai moonsault from Quack to the outside where he basically landed on the uh, the guardrail or he hit his shins across the guardrail pretty stiff. That was, uh, that was uh, scary. But uh, after like 10 minutes of this match being just like kind of standard fare, I looked at the time and there was like still 40 minutes left in the show. So I fast forwarded a little bit mm. and uh, Jushin Liger wins the match with a super brain buster on Jigsaw. And then uh, I'm like, oh, man, there's like 20 minutes left. And I found out it was just event centers that I had already watched or for the next show. But uh yeah, it was okay. You know, I and I guess uh, I, I didn't notice this live when I was watching it, but according to Kevin's review, uh, Quackenbush has handed like a mysterious envelope at the end of it. And yeah, uh, fill me in on this. Okay, so uh, I hate, hate, hate that they put the pr- like event centers leading up to the shows at the end of the DVDs. Yeah. I get why they do that just to fill out a DVD. I still don't like it. Yeah, it's very deceiving with the time because, you know, I probably would have watched more of the match, you know, if I didn't think that there was all this time left on it, you know? Right, of course. Um, Where does that mysterious envelope lead to? We'll get there is all I could say. Okay, fair enough. It's information about Wink. It's information about the previous director of fun, Dieter Steigervault. And his connections to someone on the roster. Gotcha. But that's something that doesn't get paid off for quite some time. Okay. All right, Joe. So overall thoughts, I just want to say I didn't really care for this show. Really? Yeah, I mean, nothing really stood out. Like, again, I like a lot of the people that are in this. I, I respect the fact that, you know, we are driving all these stories forward. But, you know, we have a very short world title match we have a main event that i didn't really care that much about we have like a lot a, a, a huge multi-man ant match that i was confused by uh there wasn't a lot in this that i was like okay this really stood out as awesome and uh, i get i'm in the minority on it but i'm being honest i was just kind of meh on the show i get you uh i liked it you know obviously i got a soft spot for this era of chikara um, and obviously just the way that our schedule works, sometimes we don't get a chance to watch these things back to back to back to back to back, but obviously I'm doing my best to be like, Hey, this is all important stuff to remember for like the next show and the next show and the next show and the next show, trying yeah. to make sure that I'm beating everyone over the head and they know everything that's going on with all this, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I didn't feel lost at any point, you know, once I'm like, Oh yeah, that this is a follow-up to that thing, you know, and this is a follow-up to that thing. It makes sense. And I'm glad right. that it's a cohesive story, but from like a wrestling standpoint, or even just a, like a ha ha chuckles type of thing, it was just kind of uh, more of the, I don't want to say more of the same. Cause that makes it sound like it was bad. It's just normally when I watch one of these Chikara shows, there's like, oh, okay, here was the really great comedy spot, or here was the really great, Oh my God, wrestling spot. And like, I think everything was just kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of in the middle for me, you know, I get you. But like I said, I like a lot of the people that were in it. It wasn't like there was anything like, oh, God, make this match stop. There was none of that. So we'll see where we go. All right. Hey, let's do some voicemails. 
All right. Hey, boys. It's uh, Butters. You know, I've been away by the mailbox for the last six months on this trophy <laughs> I'm supposed to be getting. What? For winning the Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament. You didn't win it, Dan. I got it. I'm starting to think maybe you guys forgot about me. You didn't send it. So maybe you can address this on the show. Let me know where my trophy is. Uh, what we're doing here, because I'm confused now. And, uh, you know, I keep checking the mail every day, and I just keep getting bills. I don't keep, uh, I haven't seen anything from you guys. So, okay. I'll, uh, I'll call back if I see anything. All right, bye. All right, like, if... When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, do they send Marcus a Lombardi trophy? No. You guys you guys nominated Danhausen and Danhausen won, so congrats, but if anybody's getting a trophy, it's Danhausen. He'd probably be selling it on whatnot tonight because he's got a stream going, but uh you don't get no trophy. Where's this revisionist history come from? All right. So uh, I typically don't play the calls out of order. I play them as they come in, but let me play this next call here, okay? All right. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Jayhawk from IWTV, guys. i got a question for you. What is the most random wrestling match you've ever heard being announced? The uh, reason I bring this up is I've been watching a lot of WWF circa 1983. And I just watched the October 17, 1983 show for Madison Square Garden featuring that infamous Jimmy Snuka-Don Morocco cage match. Snuka coming off the top of the cage. The Peacock version somehow includes the announcement of the card for November for the Garden. And apparently it was not televised and not even closer to the felt forum as nobody seems to have footage of it. But they announced Morocco defending the Intercontinental title against Iron Mike Sharp. And it's a really weird match. And both were heels at the time. Both were managed by Lou Albano at the time. And it seems like it's a cold match by two guys that are managed by the same guy. It's just, it's just really weird and random. And I really wish the match was on tape, and I really want to see how it turned out. And that's all I got for you guys. Talk to you later. I'm surprised he wasn't calling asking for a trophy. Right. So that's <laughs> why I played Jayhawk's call again. I don't screen the calls beforehand. I just uh, saw that he had called. I'm like, oh, is he looking for Butters' trophy? I was say, <laughs> you could have lied and said that you sent Butters' trophy to Jayhawk and Jayhawk's trophy to Butters. They must have got <laughs> mail. Um, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll fix this in post. Yes, that that's – you know what? I uh, got lost in the mail. We'll fix that. <laughs> um, but in regards to Butters' things, I didn't know that we were giving out trophies for picking the people that won the gender-neutral monarch. If this is a separate deal that you did with Butters and the rest of the IWTV guide folks I without including me, then that's between you and them. I mean, I did send Jay Gold a prize, but uh, he oh, said he would make sure that they'd get it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> CJ Gold, he's got your trophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but rant. So, what's like the randest, most random match announcement? Is the question? Obviously, Jayhawk brings up a good one, and that's a that's a fun, screwy era of WWF TV and just promoting in general. Because like we're still like a couple months away from like Hulkamania, and then even like for the first year that Hogan's there, like wrestling is weird, but uh. You know, I could think of a million different ones. Like, you want to pick anything from any WCW Nitro uh, 
era stuff book by Russo. None of that shit makes sense. Um, like just a random weird match that got announced. And I don't know if he means like that we've never seen or like never came to fruition. Like, I, you know what? I'll throw one out here. That's weird. And the, the promos and vignettes um, are online for them. So in 1990, they built up a, a, a Madison square garden only house show program that led to a match between Bobby Heenan and Mr. Fuji. <laughs> okay. In 1990, heel manager versus heel manager. It was just something like Bobby's doing commentary. Fuji's on the outside. Fuji gets bumped into Bobby Heenan. They get into it. Then it happens again the following month. Then they cut promos on each other on TV, but they're just localized promo because they're just going on at the at Madison Square Garden. It's not mentioned on any other show. And then Bobby Heenan and Mr. Fuji have a match at Madison Square Garden in 1990. Huh. I did not know that. And you know what? I'll I'll throw you another one involving Bobby Heenan. So Bobby Heenan comes into WWF maybe like mid-1984, right? Mm-hmm. He comes in as a manager, but on the show that he debuts as a manager, earlier in the night, he wrestles against Salvatore Belomo, who he beats Salvatore Belomo with a punch. <laughs> See, this is why I don't acknowledge anything before 1990. This is nonsense. Okay, I'm just telling you. (laughs) Come on. See, they they literally did not invent finishing moves yet. (laughs) Oh, well, back then, you had a finish. Like, if you were, like, like Hulk Hogan had a finisher, but he had multiple finishers. Um, You know, heels would win with finishers on TV, but sometimes not. Um, But if you were a babyface in that era, you would hit your finisher. Like, let's say you're Tito Santana, you hit, like, a flying forearm. And then you would follow it up with a body splash. Like, you hit the flying forearm on the guy, he goes down, you go and run off the ropes and, like, body splash them. <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, in 1983 and 84, if you were babyface, that's how you won your TV matches. And you defend this era. This is this is inexcusable. I defend most eras of wrestling. <sighs> yeah. How about you? Do you have a weird match like that that you got saw announced that, like, made you scratch your head? Uh, how about Vince and Shane versus HBK and God? <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't get any weirder than that. <laughs> well, I think we've talked about that before on the show. Yeah. Uh, that, because that was supposed to be the placeholder because they were negotiating with Brett and it was originally supposed to be Shane and Vince against Sean and Brett. Yeah. <laughs> and negotiations fell through with Brett. So again, if you can't get Brett, you get the next best thing to Brett. God. <laughs> You're giving God too much credit there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, boo, Brett. Uh. <laughs> but again, uh, thank you, Jayhawk, for not uh, looking for a fictional trophy that may or may not be in uh, Jay Gold's possession. There you go. All right, next call. Hello, Joe, Adam, Kevin. Um, I don't feel good. Uh, I tested positive for COVID. So yay. Uh, that means I will be home to watch all the stuff. Uh, two things. One, I was home, so I got to watch Dynamite live last night and all. And kind of like, is Chris Jericho just doing the Jeff Jarrett playbook? <laughs> because it's all about him. And if you're going to work a long program with someone and not put them over at the end, then why are you working the program with them? Because Joe brought it to light for me before, but Chris absolutely tanks that ending and it looked like shit. And I'm very pissed off at Jericho. I, I mean, I should have been for many reasons a long time ago. 
But, like, he really fucked over Eddie last night, didn't he? All right, other thing, uh, because I'm home with COVID, I got thinking about all the wrestling I'm going to watch this week. I'm going to watch all the weekly shows. I'm going to watch AIW, which I assume you're going to assign as homework. Uh, I'll watch Ring of Honor, and I'm getting caught up on, like, Moon Knight and Kenobi and all sorts of other stuff. So, uh, question, whether you were sick or on vacation or whatever, like, what was your most enjoyable uh, binge, we'll say? So you you couldn't go out and do anything, so you just, like, watch wrestling, you watch shows for a week or whatever, and it was lots of fun other than being sick. So that's all. I'll talk to you guys later, and hopefully I feel better next week. And I'm under the time limit. Bye. <laughs> well, thank you. I hope you feel better, dude. That, that yeah, sucks. that really sucks, man. Uh, feel better, get better. I know uh, listen to the show, commenter over on the website, uh, man who puts together a lot of the themes on this show and many of the other shows in the soon-to-be-named network. Uh, David Kincannon recently got over COVID. That sucks, man. Be safe. Like I said, uh, I don't know. Stay out of trouble. Stay home. Like, anyone needs an excuse to go out, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll answer real quick. Like, as far as, like, things to binge, like, if I was sick and home... Well, let me just say, if I was home all day, every day, with nothing to do, like I currently am, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be watching wrestling. Um, but, like... I mentioned before, I'll like watch entire seasons of shows in one, you know, one or two settings, uh, whether it be on Netflix or stuff I have saved on the DVR. But like, I'll play the same two or three video games over and over again. Like, I haven't bought a new video game in I feel like years, but like, I'll constantly like replay Bioshock Infinite or The Last of Us or something like that or Uncharted, um, and just play those. So if I was like homesick, I'd, I'd play like a video game from start to finish over the course of a day or two. Yeah, so I used to do that way, way back in the day. Like, not so much as sick. Like, usually if I'm sick these days, I'm just like, well, I'm going to sleep for as many hours as I can for, you know, as many days as I can, you know? Yeah. But there would be times, like, when we first moved in the house and April would be like, oh, I'm going to go out. Me and the girls, we're going to go out to a bar and we're going to do whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to stay home and beat Legend of Zelda from beginning to end, you know, by myself yeah. alone while you go out and do whatever <laughs> you're going to do, right? Yeah. Um, so my wife and my kid were just gone recently for Boy Scout camp, and I used that time to binge uh, the new season of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. And I, I... that was that was really good. I have a few little nitpicks, but it, it all wrapped up very nicely at the end. Everybody got, like, nice, good emotional moments. Um, I feel as though Will and Mike and, like, that crew that were in the Surfer Dude pizza car um really were like the weakest part of things they got to stand outside of a tub and say you could do it l we're the heart of the group right <laughs> um, yeah and, and i also i also th and we're gonna talk spoilers i also thought uh eddie uh had he, he had two soft and pretty eyes to be <laughs> the character that he was cast as as a nerd and then in a later episode, Robin says, oh, Eddie, with his soft doe eyes, how could anyone think that he's a killer? And I'm like, I'm vindicated. The show addressed <laughs> my concerns, right? Um, I popped huge for the Robert England cameo. And then how kind of everything with Vecna and Eleven's origin and everything else kind of all ties in together. But, like, they don't win. It's a small victory, even though the town is, like, in ruins, you know? But it was still really good. Everything tied up really nicely at the end. It was a lot to watch, but it was a lot to watch. Um, sadly, when I have any sort of free time when I could be watching something new, I end up watching old uh, editions of Red Letter Media. 
Okay. Uh, just real quick, as far as Stranger Things goes, uh, uh, I hear that your wig radar was really off on this. Yeah. Well, again, listen, I'm so used to watching TV shows where they have the shittiest wig work in the history of the world, whether it be Legends of Tomorrow or World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> um, so they did, I, like, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, well, you know, they filmed these scenes earlier with Elle. Uh, and she has the long hair in like the first like two or three episodes. And then when she goes into the missile silo for them to try to get her powers back and she has the short hair again, I'm like, oh, they probably cut her hair. And it was like, oh no, they just bound her hair up and they had her in like a little short hair wig. And Todd sent me the pictures of the wigs and he sent me the video of them prepping her to go the wigs. And I'm like, this is what happens when you spend money and have a budget on wigs <laughs> instead yeah. of like just going to like the spirit Halloween store and like just <laughs> like Legends of Tomorrow and World Wrestling Entertainment do. Yeah, plus uh, I think you mentioned on After Dark you were you were ragging on the pizza dude's hair. That's, I think, his shoot hair because I, oh. I was... I was on IMDb looking up something about the show. I want to know when the like the final season was coming out, and they had like cast photos and like this dude in his like shoot life. Either he's wearing the wig twenty four seven, or that's his hair. He might be wearing the wig twenty four seven. It's possible. All right. All right. Next call. Oh, this is such a last second call. I almost forgot. Uh, hello, it is I, the strongest man on the land. I forgot they're here to discuss. What could possibly be the biggest show in independent wrestling, Absolution 15. And uh, this is going to be quick. I'm just going to say it for now. If you haven't already, get your tickets. Stream it live. It's going to be a night that you can't forget. Now, Adam and Joe, I can't just leave the call like that. So I didn't even think of a question to ask for you guys. But uh, I'll come up with something right now. Oh. You know what? I got it. You know, tag team wrestling is everything, and uh, that's what this match and this show is trying to build up with the the great four-way and our tag match. Who are some of your favorite tag teams of all time? And as a matter of fact, I've already dropped a hint that we may or may not be giving a tribute to a certain pioneer of the tag team world. Uh, Let's take a guess as to who you think it might be. You probably might be surprised. Uh, the only hint I'll give you is that these men are, yes, yeah, they're men. There's a hint. Uh, <laughs> they're international players and, uh, you know, get a good reaction whenever they came out. That's all I'll say. That's all I got for now. Hope to see you guys very soon. Off the wrap. Well, obviously, I don't want to speculate publicly uh, what bulking season, a.k.a. the next tag team champs of AIW, what their their gimmick, their tribute's going to be because I have insider information. So uh, I'll leave that to you. Um, but I'll just say uh, it's easy for me to say, like, a- as a youngster, that the, the Rockers were probably my first favorite tag team. But as I got a little older and my palate became more more defined and refined, uh, I the Hollywood Blondes stuck out as one of like my earliest favorite tag teams, uh, especially when I started watching WCW. Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, I love tag team wrestling. Uh, you know, like friend of the show, listen to the show, fellow soon to be named network, compatriot over at We Need Wrestling DJ, and Brad, I'm sure as well. I love tag team wrestling. There's nothing better. You could tell so many different stories. Um, you know, being a kid seeing like the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation and just like realizing that there was something different about them. You know what I mean? 
they yeah. they moved and they wrestled and they did everything in such a different way. Even like from a year prior, like teams like Nikolai Volokov and uh, Iron Sheik or Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham, who were just like two singles guys randomly put together. It always felt more special when it was like a team that was built to be together. Um, but my favorite tag team of all time is the Midnight Express. And, you know, obviously I love Bobby and Dennis. That era works for what it was. But I was more of a Bobby and Stan uh, guy. Uh, Stan Lane, the only wrestler ever to be trained by Ric Flair. Um, but they were like more of a flashy TV thing, whether they were baby faces or heels. They were just like such an exciting team. And you would go back and like watch like their squash matches and stuff. And like they would just like try out new shit on jobbers and like. It was stuff that you would never see them do ever again. It's just like, no, we're going to try something out. We're going to do it on live TV against like these either poorly or untrained guys and hope for the best, you know? <laughs> um, but they were just like a, an exciting and electric tag team. You know, even growing up as a kid, I was always more of a fan of the, the heels and stuff. And yeah. obviously, like now, you know, everything that's going on and, you know, we've certainly turned a corner. And I say we, I mean me and a lot of other people, maybe Adam as well. But like. FTR man is like one of the hottest acts and like they're an exciting duo to watch. And even when uh, Dax was having his singles matches and I mentioned it earlier in the show, like I'm so looking forward to seeing that FTR versus Briscoe's match. Uh, the match that they had mania weekend at ring of honor was like maybe one of my favorite matches of this year. And now they're doing two out of three falls. And I don't think it's going to be a long match two back-to-back falls real quick and then going into a closing segment. I feel as though these guys are a little bit smarter than that and they're going to put something compelling together and I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you about the Revival or FTR. Uh, I would have never pictured, you know, two years ago that I would love FTR both in the ring, on the mic, you know, yeah. everything, uh, you know, as much as I do, like, it just seems inconceivable that like two years ago, I would have been like, man, I can't wait to see the revival, <laughs> you know? So like, right. they are awesome. And I think that as much as WWE does not give a shit about tag team wrestling, that makes you appreciate it even more when you see it in the Indies, when you see it in Japan, when you see it in AEW, you know, like companies that don't want to just bury tag teams and have like, you know, the world champion beating the tag champs two on one. Like you don't see that, you know, outside of WWE that often. So uh, I like it when tag teams are treated properly. And also, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show that you know, sometimes you want to suspend disbelief and treat wrestling like it's real. Um, a lot of times I'll watch like a good tag team and I'll get pissed off as a fan that there's like rumors of them like going their separate ways. Like all the stuff you see about, you know, whether it's warranted or just internet speculation that it's like, Oh, you know, the revival or FTR the, you know, they'd make a great singles, you know, or, you know, FTR bald would make a you know good uh, champion on his own. Like, no, don't do that. Keep them together. I'm being selfish. I hate breaking up tag teams because I feel like some of them are just better as the sum of the parts, you know? Absolutely. And for speculation as to what uh, Chuck and Artie are going to uh, come out as is their homage this Saturday. Uh, I look at the clues that Artie has given. I look at Artie and his hair recently. I look at Chuck and his hair currently. And the only thing I can think, Adam, is, oh, what a rush. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I also, if you want a clue, like, I also fully shaved off my beard. Maybe Artie's just waiting to do that before the show. You never know. See, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I, well, I assume you're going to be Paul Ellering to their <laughs> Legion of Doom, you know? <laughs> I'll just draw on a goatee. <laughs> or being the Japanese wrestling aficionado that you are, uh, I assume that you're going to be a uh, power warrior, you know? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, like, Masahiro Chono, like that version of LOD. No. All right, fair enough. All right, last call, pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, how's the show this week? Hope it's going <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I just want to say, because I feel like I should address it, I, uh, I'm very sorry <laughs> for last week. Not my best uh, moment. Um... And I just want to say thanks to you guys and everybody else for being very supportive of it. Um, as someone that I like, grew up uh, with Artie Lang, I know that sometimes you need a good public embarrassment to uh, really kick you in the ass to get your shit together. And I'm just sorry it was on your show. Um, so I feel like I owe you one. <laughs> if you ever want me back, uh, I promise I will be very sober. Um, and you don't even have to pay me this time, Joe. Adam, close your ears. You didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just want to say thanks and, uh, I'm sorry. And thanks for like, it's been a rough couple weeks. I handled it all very badly. Uh, but like things are going good now. Um, and I'm like sober, sober. Like I didn't smoke weed since Thursday. And uh, that wasn't anything I was trying to do. It just hasn't happened. And I realized that <laughs> this morning that I was like, Holy shit, that's still a bolt that's packed. <laughs> I haven't touched it. Uh, so I'll see you guys on the 23rd. No, not the 23rd. That's Absolution. I won't be there. Um, I'll see you guys at the uh, Great Lakes Wrestle Fest. And I have gifts for you guys. Let's call them, uh, I'm sorry that <laughs> I took a handful of Xanax and washed it down with three quarters of a bottle of vodka because I kind of forgot that I had a show to do with you guys. Um... <laughs> So yeah, I have I have gifts for you too. Like thank you all big. Uh love you guys. KB Uh f- first before we get into Ed's call and thank you for calling Ed, I, I just want to real just obviously Joe, we're gonna fix this in post, but I said Shono, I meant Sasaki for LOD members, and that just I'm kicking myself. Being the the expert on Japanese wrestling, I I messed that up so badly. But uh Ed, uh it is good for good hearing from you. Uh, I'm really enjoying, I mentioned earlier, the videos that you've been doing the last couple of days. Those are a really good time. Um, I, for one, while it was a very long show, I enjoyed your your guest appearance. Uh, yes, a lot of the show did not quite make the, the final cuts, but uh, I'm glad that you're doing okay, and I'm glad that you are, uh, uh, you're happier. And uh, gift was not necessary, but as long as it's made out to cash, I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, if you listen to the show last week, uh, you know, things kind of fell apart with Ed. Um, There was about 45 minutes of the show that was just completely unusable. And we were kind of joking around online saying like, oh, we'll sell it, you know, blah, 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 before we really realized what was going on. I I just thought that, you know, Ed had a little bit too much to drink and that happens. Um, And obviously, he publicly put it out on his social media and he mentioned it here, kind of how bad things had been personally. Uh, for him and obviously 
um, you know, not to become like some sort of like sappy show. And, you know, we like to have fun and goof around and whatever it is and take our shots and everything else like that. But Ed's our friend and I care about Ed very much and I'm glad that he's doing better. And whatever works for him is what, you know, he needs to do. I would never tell Ed, um, you know, he's an adult, you know, even though he claims he's only 25 um, <laughs> as an adult. And, and I, I will say this. Um, and I think I've mentioned this before in the show, and I know I've said this to other people privately. Um, you know, I see a lot of uh, my my brother, Tony, who passed away uh, four years ago in Ed. And so when I see things like this, it like really hits me kind of hard um, not to make it about me, but it makes it to be like, I don't want I want Ed to be OK, you yeah. know, and obviously, you know, he said he was having a rough time and. You know, uh, he he knows he could reach out to me and sometimes it's like for me to say, hey, reach out to me. And then him say, I will. Saying it is one thing and doing it is another. Um, you know, I, I just hope that he's OK. I'm glad he's OK. I can't wait to see him um, at the Great Lakes thing on the 30th. And the only gift I need is just a nice five second long hug. And that's really <laughs> all I need. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for calling it, Ed. And like I said, last week. Um, it is what it is. And I did offer to, you know, after he had said what was like really going on and everything I offered, I'm like, Hey man, do you want me to take the show down? And he said, Nope, leave it up. You know, everyone needs to kind of see what happened, you know? Yeah. And I just want to say, like you mentioned, just thinking that maybe Ed had too much to drink and, you know, uh, I obviously, uh, know what that's like, you know, every once in a while, but, uh, I, I do want to apologize to Ed and also a lot of our listeners that, you know, immediately after we released that show, you know, I was making jokes on Twitter, like, oh, you know, hashtag release the Ed Cody cuts or, you know, uh, pay us X amount of money. And we'll give you the full episode. And, you know, even making jokes on the air about like, oh, that didn't work out well. Like, obviously I didn't know what was going on. So I apologize to Ed and anybody that might think that those were, you know, insensitive comments. I, I didn't realize uh, what Ed was going through. So I feel bad that uh, I, I tweeted that stuff out, you know, for sure. Uh, but again, thank you, Ed. Thank you everyone for calling in. Uh, hey, if you want to help us out, of course, uh, Jerry's internet wrestling emporium, AKA IWTV. Excuse me. Um, use the promo code at odds, new subscribers. We get a kickback. Definitely check out what all the promotions are doing there. And Hey, absolutions this Saturday. If you don't have IWTV, no reason for you not to sign up, check it out. Um, and I guarantee you're going to find more stuff, whether it be, you know, stuff that we've talked about here on the show, past Jakar shows, AIW shows, there's deathmatch stuff. There's all sorts of crazy stuff on there, both old stuff and new stuff. Constantly there's live shows. Uh, IWTV, if you're a fan of independent wrestling, there's no better deal, uh, you know, for your money there. Uh, you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, the link to it is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Uh, Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. So the algorithm for it has been real weird. Like stuff from last week was still showing up on like this week's thing. Um, so let's just go through what I have when I did like last seven days, you know? Okay. Uh, we Somebody purchased a Como Wear Universal Socket Tool Gift for Men, Women, Super Socket, Unscrew Any Bolt 
one quarter of an inch, three quarter, three fourths of an inch, seven millimeters to nineteen millimeters, with drill socket adapter, cool gadgets, gifts for him, <laughs> DIY ha- handyman, husband, boyfriend. <laughs> I love those. Okay. Uh, somebody also purchased a DAC. 15 watt wireless car charger cup holder mount three ports qc 3.0 fast charging 36 watt car charger with auto clamping qi wireless charger for phone for iphone 13 uh 13 pro max 12 11 x8 samsung and then a bunch of samsung models there as well oh man again i can listen to these nonsense like descriptions all day but go ahead (laughs) somebody purchased a jersey display frame case large frames shadow box lockable with uv protection acrylic hanger and wall mount option for baseball basketball football soccer hockey sport shirt huh whoever owns that i I can guarantee you it's probably really heavy and probably too heavy to hang on a wall and it's probably just sitting in their hallway i bet i just assume (laughs) and i i also assume that they may have bought one and then maybe returned it and got another one uh or you know what if i had to speculate they probably bought one it wasn't big enough for their previous thing so they used it for something else and now they have two uh jersey frames on the floor of the hallway (laughs) there you go gotcha If I had a, if I had a guess, you yeah, know? purely speculation. Yes, uh, and also somebody purchased uh, "Entering Heaven Alive," which I think is the new single by Jack White. What's a Jack White? Uh, he was one of the White Stripes. It's not getting any warmer. <laughs> uh, but thank you to anyone and everyone who made any purchases through the Amazon click through this week, this month, this year, whenever it is. Every little bit helps. Um, now, usually, T Publics on top of things and let me know when there's a sale. Um, they let me know that there was a sale like coming up next week, which I'll mention for next week, but there's also a sale going on right now uh, until the 24th, 35% off any purchases, uh, of course. And you can head over to our store, uh, showcase through the mothership, tinyurl.com slash longbox heroes. It'll take you right to the page. And Hey, if you want to look stylish this weekend while you're going on a doll safari, might I recommend the brand new fig daddy cool shirt? Uh, sweeping the nation today. He had all the scooping and booping regarding all the exclusives and everything going on with all the toys being released and announced and previewed at San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know how this guy does it, but he's got a shirt on our site as well. He's amazing, whoever this mystery person is. Oh, we're going with the bit that it's a mystery, huh? (laughs) Listen, I'll just say, hey, you guys want to crown a new king, that's fine. You could throw all your support behind a guy who buys, like, a toy a year. By all means, let that be your leader. But uh, it is a cool shirt. Yes. Uh, uh, David did a great job on the design. And uh, I'm very proud of uh, my write-up on it. Uh, and if you get the reference, uh, I'll give you a shiny nickel when I see you again. <laughs> I didn't see the write-up there. But uh, it is a nice shirt. Uh Definitely not the coolest shirt that will go up on the soon-to-be-named network uh, T Public within the next uh, week or so. But uh, you know, maybe it's a, this is this Fig Daddy cool shirt is maybe a close second. All right, and you could get like those like, and that's the thing T Public you can get them on stickers and mugs and masks and all sorts of things. I say get the entire line of Fig Daddy cool things <laughs> and be the coolest kid on your block and let them know that Fig Daddy cool sent you. Yeah, I mean, you got to get them quickly because, I mean, 
the, this mystery person will probably lose interest in this this uh, this opportunity <laughs> very mm-hmm. quickly. <laughs> that doesn't sound like this mystery person. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but I guess uh, if there's nothing else, now it's time for Adam's main event, right? Well, before we do that, speaking oh. of main events, I just want to say that you should probably listen to Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings, and Between the Sheets. Joe, those are all shows you should listen to. Uh, a show you should never listen to, and I will not plug, is The A Show, who recently tweeted out asking me to face Artie on an episode of the show. And to that I say, I'll think about it. But uh, I still won't plug you. But other than that, that's all I got for the main show, Joe. All right, well, it's time. Cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Fucking Jesus Christ, Joe. This this past week and like yesterday and today, uh, I, I got to stop. <laughs> like, I, I really do. Like, it, it is a good thing that we it is a good thing that another uh, another doll dork, another toy boy has emerged from the shadows to usurp me because right. I, I, I need to I need to get out of the biz. This is uh, this is not good. I, I, I might have bought a lot of stuff. I bought a th- uh, if I bought a lot of things for me this week, you know, like it's a rarity that I buy this much stuff for myself. Wow. Well, I, I'll just do one or two quick things, and then we're gonna save San Diego discussion until the very end. You know, okay. Again, you know, make them make them all sit through it. But for the sake of time, I'm just gonna say that I did buy a bunch of Transformers, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, of various lines and scales and characters. And uh, maybe there was a sale at GameStop's website and I might've bought a bunch of things that I kind of wanted before. Uh, I'm throwing my rules out the window when it comes to, to Transformers. It's dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Just check my Instagram if you want to see uh, what Transformers I've bought recently. Uh, but I will say one thing that I will mention we talked off the air about buying uh, the custom defenders. I showed you a guy on eBay yes. uh, that kind of makes stuff to scale. Uh, I, I placed an order with him uh, for some stuff that he had already made. Uh, so I didn't send him measurements, but uh, like a couple years ago, Walmart had the reissues of Soundwave and the on-card cassette two packs. You know, it was like Rumble Frenzy. Yeah, Rabbids, yeah I whatever. remember those. Um, the the cassette packs are very flimsy and like, I don't trust them. So they're just in a box somewhere, but this guy had custom defenders that are supposedly just the right size for those cassette two packs. So I ordered them. They're like $4. So I'm like, Oh, they're on their way. And I'll let you know how they fit and what the quality is like. And, uh, maybe, uh, we'll go from there for getting some other stuff from this guy. But, uh, I, I pulled the trigger on a, a sample, so to speak. For sure. What about you? What's something you got? 
Uh, so, uh, hey, Adam, I'm not sure if you knew this, but it's hot out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, even even in the northeast here, it's hot out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so while we were on when we went on vacation, my wife and I this past March uh, to Aruba, my wife went and bought me a couple pairs of shorts. She's like, you're not going to be wearing jeans the whole goddamn time. We're on the beach. in Aruba." <laughs> so she had gotten me some shorts. So I went, I looked up to see the shorts uh, that she had gotten. I think it was Jonas uh, recently was like making fun of people for buying clothes at Old Navy. Listen, I hate spending money on myself. I wear my clothes until they literally fall apart. So like I'll wait for like a crazy sale at Old Navy and I got no problem spending like $12 on a pair of jeans, $7 on a pair of shorts or whatever it is. And just like wearing them for like eight years until they literally like rip off of my body and just like I take my wallet my keys out of them leave them on the ground and put a new pair of pants on right yeah so my wife had got me a couple pairs of shorts from there so I went I looked now again you know my wife sometimes doesn't take my sensibilities into accounting um knowing that while I want to be comfortable and cool I also want to have as much of my body covered as possible and I noticed that the shorts that she had purchased for me came in inseam lengths of five seven and nine inches and then they also had like an option for tall. So that's like a little bit of extra length on them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got shorts, but they're like a little bit longer. I think she had picked me up like the five inch inseam, which that's a no go for me. But I was on vacation, so nobody saw me in them. Um, like nobody real saw me in them. <laughs> uh, so I got myself a couple pairs of shorts on the cheap. I think they were like seven fifty on sale uh, just so I could be co- comfortable and cool this summer. Yeah. No, I, I I never include clothing in my weekly purchases, but I tweeted this out. I, I placed an order uh, with uh, Homage. They had a sale like last week or something like that. And I bought uh, an NWO Wolfpack shirt. Uh, what was the other one? Like, uh, I forget. I bought a bunch of shirts and I also bought a, a Josh Bishop shirt off of uh, whatever his site was. So I, I, buy, I buy clothes every once in a while, too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I didn't have a lot before we started recording. Uh, mm. So I'm like, oh, I bought those. I'll throw them in there. Fair enough. All right. So, and, and Joe, just about everything that I talk about over the next few segments uh, is stuff that I bought. And then I immediately said to myself, why'd you fucking buy that? <laughs> like, like, why did you waste the money on it? Uh, but I'll, I'll just be quick. Uh, in the major group, I bought uh, a Hollywood elite Andre the Giant as Bigfoot figure. Uh, I know a lot of people that we know was looking for that, including myself, and somebody had one up for 35 shipped, and I was like, God knows if I'm ever going to see this at our our wasteland of a Walmart around here, uh, so I grabbed that. Um, I also uh, bought an Eddie Kingston AEW figure with the cards, and we talked about this before, that there is versions of it without the cards and versions with the cards, and I consider that two different figures. So I needed both of those. I bought that in a major group for not a lot of money. Uh, I bought uh, a major Bendy Series 2 Brian Pillman Bendy for $20 shipped. It's the only one I wanted from that series. And uh, $20, I'll take it. Um, And then, excuse me, one last thing uh, before I send it over to you. I also checked off my, uh, my major pod micro brawler and pod adjacent checklist i bought the original hot mess chelsea green micro brawler on ebay it went really cheap so uh there's a couple things that i bought real quick so um i think i might have mentioned this here uh, a couple weeks ago maybe about a month or so ago i had to buy a bunch of extra earbuds 
because my cat ate through a bunch. Yep. Um, so, um, so what I did was, cause they were cheap. I can get them for like six, seven bucks. So I just bought a bunch, right? About like three or four pair. So in the recent week, since we last recorded, he ate through another pair. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well I have a backup, but now I need to like add to the backup. Right. So it's just like, I just have now have a drawer of like five pairs of earbuds. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, without peeling the curtain back too, too far, um, for my secret science job, super secret science job. I have a headset that I wear, right? Mm. Son of a bitch and cat ate through the cord on the headset. <sighs> Fucking cats, man. And because we're a work from home operation, it's like, I got to contact a supervisor who's local. I got to go meet them somewhere because we don't have a physical location for our company. And they mm. need to then bring whatever headsets they have. But the problem is the only headsets that they have are what would be like the mini USBs, like I guess what would be called USB-B, right? Yeah. And my workstation, my computer for Super Secret Science job only has the old school, the big chunky USB inputs, right? Mm. So I had to go, they're like, well, we'll order you one. It'll be there tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you know what? If you're going to order me one, I'm going to order myself another one, which was like 35 bucks, just so I have another backup. One, just in case the cat gets in here again and eats the goddamn cord again. And two, because we got two cord eatings in less than 24 hours, the cats are banned from the office forever. <laughs> now, I'm a dog guy, so I, I don't know quite uh, how to just articulate this question, because, again, I'm not a big cat guy. But have you tried telling the cat not to eat the headphones. Does that work? Yes. I say, <laughs> no, baby, stop it. And he doesn't listen. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking cat. See, if it was a dog, he'd listen. Oh, all right. A uh, couple other purchases. I purchased, and I'm glad that this nightmare is over, and hopefully they never do this concept again, but I got the final shop AEW 1 of 3000 AEW figure, which was the John Moxley. Uh, I only bought one. I know that I talked before that I bought two of the Jericho and two of the uh, uh, Kenny Omega, and I, you know, just to flip those, I've learned my lesson. So now uh, I just bought one of the mocks, so I have them all, and hopefully they never do this again. Um, I bought AEW Supreme Series Two, which was the Kenny Omega and Malachi Black figures, and when I was getting overwhelmed with the the unveils over the last day or two, I was kind of thinking like, do I need the Cody and the Britt Baker from series one? And I was like, I really don't need any of these. I was like, I kind of want the Malachi black. So I'm thinking of canceling my Supreme series one pre-orders, uh, which again is the Britt Baker and Cody. Uh, and then I'm like, well, maybe I want the Britt Baker cause she's got the Britsburg outfit and like, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. And, uh, I think I know a friend of ours who's got the nightmare narcotic and he might want the Supreme Cody. Uh, but yeah, so I pre-ordered series two of the Supremes, but I'm like, I don't even know if I want these anymore. So, uh, yeah, I ordered those. I don't know what to tell you regarding those. Yeah. I'm having a crisis of faith. <laughs> well, I think I saw a tweet from you earlier today where that you currently have two Cody's on pre-order and then you just ordered a third, you pre-ordered a third and you don't no. even like Cody. Yeah. So I, I said that I currently own one Cody Rhodes figure, which okay. is the shop AEW exclusive with the ring. 
I have that. Uh, I have the Supreme on pre-order. And then they're doing the thing tomorrow, spoiler for a few minutes from now, with the Ultimate Cody. And I kind of feel compelled to order that. And I'm like, that's three Cody Rhodes figures. I don't even like Cody Rhodes. Why am I fucking buying these? So it's like things like that and other things have been like, I don't need to get every ultimate that they put on pre-order. Like I'm a, I, I feel like I'm telling myself that I'm allowed to, to pick and choose. Like they, they, they announced all the ultimates. And again, we'll get into it in a minute or two. Uh, and I'm like, I don't need to get them all. I can just be like, all right, I want the, this one, but I don't need this one. Or I can skip this whole series. And you know what? I'm allowed to sell some of them that I have now that I don't want. I was like, maybe Broski was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't buy every ultimate that comes out, you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like the Supreme series Two Malachi black figure, but I'm like, it's okay to just have one random series Two figure. I don't need all of them. So like, I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of cancellation emails sent to ringside over the next couple days, weeks or whatever. And all I could say to that is good. Yeah. Eventually, you have to have a line. Yeah, and, and like I, I, I do, and we joke. I have rules, <laughs> but like uh, my rules kept me in check for a while. But I feel like, like if you watch, and again, we'll get into it in a minute. San Diego stuff. It's like there. Here's fifteen ultimates that'll be out in the next year. You know, here's a ton of elites first time in the line, and here's all these exclusives, and these are all things that fit in my rules. But I'm like, man, I was talking to Marcus today. I was like. This is like a figure a week if you like average it out for the rest of the year, you know, or even more. And it's it's like, oh, but uh, before we get into like San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I will just say two other purchases. Uh, I was going to say because I got one more. OK, uh, and well, I have San Diego stuff as well. So I'll just say well, I got one more and then I got San Diego stuff. OK, go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> OK, so um, I purchased a original graphic novel from a friend. Um Dave, Davey Jr., uh, he's a musician, he's an artist, he lives in Philly, he used to work at the comic book shop. Um, yes. I'll be honest with you, his music doesn't speak to me, it's younger people's music, so I don't quite get it. Um, he was in a bunch of different bands that other people know, like Tiger's John stuff, his new band is Cave People. Again, music does nothing for me, and again, that's not a knock on him, that's a knock on me. But he just announced that he did an original graphic novel uh, called Keeper. Uh, it looks to be something very personal and very specific to him and his life and everything else like that. Uh, Keepercomic.bigcartel.com if you want to support independent art. Uh, if you're a comic book person and want to read something that's not a um, like superhero thing or like some sort of like weird death cult thing or whatever goes on in comic books these days. <laughs> uh, but anything that I could do to support a friend, uh, you know, I'm always the type of guy to put my money where my mouth is. Uh, and I guess related but unrelated, uh, the social media account, and by the time this is over, uh, I think it'll be closed, but the social media account, WCW Deep Cuts, that puts up all those like crazy, uh, like old WCW things. Like he found the full five minute footage of uh, William Regal and Bobby Eaton as Earl Robert Eaton going around Los Angeles and like finding OJ's bloody glove and shit like that. <laughs> um, it was thought to be like lost forever. And it's like, oh, I found out that it's like weird, like UK release videotape. And I'm going to upload the whole thing. And like even Regal like tweeted out like, holy shit, this is crazy. Right. That's so awesome. he has like all of this footage on a Google drive, send him five bucks and he'll give you access to the Google drive. Uh, he was nice enough to give it to me for free, but I'm like, no man, you're charging people. I'm paying, you know what I mean? So 
Uh, five bucks if you want to have like this full archive from like 1989 to like 1996 of some of the craziest, seldom seen, not on the World Wrestling Entertainment Network, not on YouTube, uh, WCW stuff. Cool. Cool. And obviously, may throw some links, uh, especially for the comic book in our yeah, in the show notes, sure, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, non-San Diego Comic-Con, I'll wrap this up with non-San Diego purchases. Uh, I ordered and already got, surprisingly, the limited to 200 in existence micro-brawlers of Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, a.k.a. the Iconics, <laughs> a.k.a. the Inspiration. Uh, uh, again, I, I talked earlier in the show about regretting a lot of purchases. This is one that I, I do not regret. Uh, it is quite possibly might be their last figures who knows so uh, i got those and uh joe i know you're not in the whatnot streams as much as i am and some of the listeners and the friends of ours but uh i i'm sure you know smart mark sterling sells uh like business cards that have like pins on them yes yeah so like he ha- famously had well not famously he has the pin that he wears on the show like on, on AEW, which I got, I want, I bought that like maybe a year or two ago from like, I don't know, either on his website or whatever, but he came out with the pin that was the Mandalore lawyering or whatever. It was a Mandalorian pin, uh, that he was basically making as a San Diego comic-con exclusive. Um, but he was basically putting them up on whatnot as a buy it now. And they were listing like maybe two of them, per episode. If you're following me, it's like, okay, you just sign into whatnot right before the, the major pod does their whatnot stream. Uh, you look at the buy it nows and there's like two or three of this limited pin and the major pod goes on at like six 30 on Mondays. And it's like, okay, sign in at six 30, look for the smart mark pin. It's sold out. They, they already sold the two of them already. You know, somebody bought them. I'm like, fuck. All right. So the next week, I'm going to I'm going to go into the whatnot stream at six o'clock and see if they're listed. So I go in at six o'clock. Not only were they listed, but they were sold already. I'm like, God damn it. So the third week, which was this past week, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going in at three o'clock and I'm seeing if these things are listed and they weren't on there. So every half hour <laughs> I'd go into the stream to see if they listed the buy it nows. And at four o'clock, which is two and a half hours before the major pod stream went live, they had uploaded the buy it nows. And I was able to buy the smart mark, uh, Mandalorian parody pen. But the moral of the story is just, <laughs> you gotta be in there early. You gotta be willing to put in the work for some of these things. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I now have all four versions of a uh, smart marks, uh, business card too. So there's that. But Joe, that's enough of the nonsense. That's, that's, all, the, that's the past. Yeah. That's all the stuff that, that like nobody cares about. That's not, that's pre San Diego comic-con and that's like ancient history. That money's already spent and gone. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about San Diego and we'll, we'll get to the wrestling stuff in a second. Cause I feel like that's the majority of it. Was there anything non-wrestling related that you saw from San Diego Comic-Con, whether it be an announcement, something that's coming out down the road, something that you bought already, but non-wrestling related? Nah. No? Uh, I, I saw a couple, two, three of the G.I. Joe stuff that popped up. Okay. Um, like there was a Dr. Mindbender, there was a Zartan, there was a stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, I love the Cobra, I love the heels and everything, but like, 
that's going to be a kettle of fish I don't want to open, you know? Yeah. Let somebody else have those. <laughs> I could wait. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I saw, I think the Zartan was San Diego last year, but it's still up on Hasbro's website as sold out. If you go to convention exclusives, I was going to say, I saw it earlier, like early this morning, like maybe like around like nine o'clock AM as like available to purchase. Yes. Oh, fuck. I would have bought that then because <laughs> the mind bender I didn't give a shit about, but that Zartan, which comes with like eight or nine different heads and the box has this spinning wheel so you can change the faces. That was. No, I mean, it was a different Zartan then. Cause okay. it was only like, when I clicked on it, it was only like 1299. Oh, okay. You know what? That's probably like a, like a super seven reaction type figure. No, it looked like, like it had like the same articulation, but I guess it was just like a smaller version of it or something. I'm not a hundred percent. Okay. Then never mind. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't the one from last year, that's the no. one I wanted. I missed. Okay. Um, so I did make some non-wrestling San Diego Comic-Con purchases, and there's some stuff that I am I was told about or I saw on the internet uh, that still have not yet gone for sale yet, non-wrestling. Uh, but just real quick, I bought a Star Wars Black Series Boba Fett figure, which is basically just like an all-black uh, Boba Fett figure that was like based on some comic book or like the war of the bounty hunters. I don't know what it's based on, but it's cool. I like Boba Fett. I like uh Mandalorian armored uh, black series figures and it wasn't that expensive. So I got that. Uh, I bought a bunch of Funkos. You know, I, I tweeted out the ones that I was looking for. Uh, that is what it is. <laughs> but uh, I will just say there is one Funko that I ordered that I didn't tweet about, but I want to tell you about real quick. Uh, Little known fact, because I don't mention this a lot, but I am the Michael Jordan of Michael Jordan Funko Pops. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of different Michael Jordan Funko Pops. And apparently there was one that was going to go on sale today. And it was sold by Upper Deck. But here's the rub, Joe. When you buy this Funko Pop, they ask you, would you like to physically own this Funko? Or would you like us to hold on to it and send you a digital picture to put in your app and then you can buy and sell these digital pictures of the of the Funko? Get the have, fuck out of here. And you don't have to be burdened with the the hassle of having to have that Funko in your in your possession and like have it take up space. And I was like, this is the most bullshit thing on the planet. Just give me a fucking physical Funko pop. So I ordered the Funko, the Michael Jordan one that they put up for sale today uh, as a San Diego thing. And it asked me like five times, are you sure you want to bother going through with having us send it to you? And I was like, no, I'll pay for the shipping to actually have the thing that I bought in my hand and not have a fucking JPEG of it. So, uh, yeah, I bought a Michael Jordan Funko I needed, and uh, they really tried to do the hard sell on just to get me to just keep a JPEG of it uh, for now, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> what a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then here's the, the other gimmick to it is this Funko comes encapsulated, Joe, with a label on it that says it's uncirculated. Which are all fancy ways of saying it comes in a sealed, hard plastic shell that you can't open without violating the uncirculated seal. A bunch of gimmicks. Like, for me to say that there's too many gimmicks, <laughs> there's way too many gimmicks on this thing. It certainly sounds that way. Yeah. So, Joe, that's all of my non-wrestling <laughs> San Diego purchases. I did make one wrestling 
purchase today. And that was that uh, Brett uh, from We Need Wrestling was nice enough at, to, to text me this morning that Target put up for pre-order their exclusive Ultimate Edition NWO Macho Man figure. And I mentioned before that I'm like, oh, I don't need to get every Ultimate. This is one that I wanted. NWO Black and White Macho Man absolutely signed me up. For sure. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I ordered today. Okay. Talk uh, <laughs> So uh, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit here. Um, you know, obviously we can go through all the San Diego announcements and get into everything. And there's been a bunch since last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're getting all these things and we're seeing all these figures. And one of the figures that we end up seeing is like, oh, here's this set and here's this set and here's this set. And then there's a set that pops up, and it's called uh, WrestleMania 39 Elites, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's Hogan Rock versus, from WrestleMania 18, and uh, Macho King and Dusty Rhodes from Mania 6, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's the it's a Mean Gene Okerlund Build-A-Figure. There was speculation, like, oh, are these two packs? What are these? Because they're showing them as two and two. What are they going to be? And then it comes out like, no, no, it's going to be all individual because of the Build-A-Figure. And the pre-order for it went up today, so I got the Dusty Roads. Because when I saw the Dusty Roads, you said that I, we saw in the group group chat, and I'm like, I want that Dusty, right? Yeah. And then you and Kevin are like, well, it's a two-pack. I'm like, well, I'm getting a fucking Macho Man then, I guess, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm getting that Dusty. Because yeah. it's like polka dot Dusty. He's got a goofy face. He's got the splotch. It's fucking Dusty Rhodes, right? It is a nice Dusty figure, yeah. Right. So I'm like, pre-order for it went up today. I got the pre-order for it, right? Boom. Yep. Done. As of this recording, uh, you can no longer pre-order the Macho Man. That's done. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, ring- it's it's done as a, it's done it's, for now. It's It'll, done for now. Right, yeah, right. Give it a week. Give it a couple days. Give it a couple days, know? right? Yeah. So then... All these fucking figures are coming out, and we'll get into all the figures. And then I say in the chat, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we haven't even fucking seen uh, the Chainsaw Charlie that they showed at San Diego last year. And then someone's like, here's the Chainsaw Charlie with the fucking uh, Finn Balor standing next to it. It's Elite 97. And I'm like, ah, son of a bitch, right? (laughs) And then later on that day, Elite 97 goes up for pre-order. I get the text from DJ. Chainsaw Charlie's up for pre-order. I've been waiting a year for this figure to even be on pre-order. So I went ahead and I pre-ordered it, right? Yeah. So pre-order it. I'm done with my day at work. I go have dinner. I'm in the pool. I get out of the pool and I see I have a bunch of messages. And one of the messages is from DJ that says the Chainsaw Charlie pre-order sold out. And it's the only one from that set that's sold out. Uh, Woods, not sold out. Ronda Rousey, not sold out. The Colossus Omas, not sold out. <laughs> Sheamus, not sold out. Alexa Bliss, not sold out. You know who's fucking sold out from that set? Goddamn Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk. So fuck all y'all. Terry Funk's the best. Sells out. And I, and DJ sends the message to me. I'm like, yeah, so what? We got it, right? We got the pre-order. Goes, <laughs> no, I sent it to you. And then I'm like, oh, wait a little bit. And I'll do my pre-order. And then it was gone by the time I went there. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, And I said to him, like, eh, I'll probably be up in like a week or two. He goes, yeah, I just got to be more careful next time. Yeah. Uh, so San Diego okay. announcements, I pre-ordered two figures. Uh, it said the Chainsaw Charlie was supposed to be sometime in September. And it said the Dusty was supposed to be sometime in October. We'll see. They're pre-ordered. It don't matter. Yeah. Uh, 
And again, we're not going to go figure for figure, but just maybe some of like the highlights to jump out. But uh, when it comes to pre-orders, uh, and I think this comes to me like, like kind of rethinking like my mindset on stuff, unless it's a Comic-Con exclusive, and we'll talk about that in a second, or something that has a small window where you have to order it within the next week and then you're done, or, you know, if it's something like an elite figure, you know, that like this elite Chainsaw Charlie or just a random ultimate figure uh, or even a ringside exclusive. You know, it's like, hey, this ringside exclusive, uh, you know, Mega Powers box set. There's no hurry. You know, like the shit's not only like, yeah, you'll get it sooner than like if you don't pre-order it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you'll get it a month or two quicker. But like there is no such thing as a ringside exclusive that if you missed the pre-order, you didn't get it. You know, they're still selling ringside exclusives from like two plus years ago on their website and for less than they originally went for when they were brand new. So I'm like, I, I gotta, I'm not in a hurry anymore. Like there are a lot of things that went up for pre-order today that I'm like, eh, I'll get it when I get it. I'll either find it in the wild or I'll get it on a Christmas sale or I, I don't know, man. I'm like, I don't need to be in such a hurry for this stuff. Like, I want the Alexa Bliss. Surprise, surprise. I want that Chainsaw Charlie that went up for pre-order. Uh, I want the Mega Powers, the Hogan and Macho. Uh, but I'm like, eh, I'll get them later. You know, I'm not in a hurry. There's other things I need to I need to buy. So, right. So, okay. So, this is where you and I's doll safariing, um, uh, I guess, methods are a little bit different, right? Yeah. I don't get out as much as you do. I don't have a ton of other stuff that I'm doing. So when the thing, the far and few between things that I want come out, it's oh, just sure. like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to pay the suckers premium. As you say, I'm going to pay the $5 extra, get the ringside defender. Cause it's just going to go up on the wall. And now I don't have to worry about it. Like God forbid. And I get what you're saying, but let's just say, for example, like that chainsaw Charlie ends up selling out. Right. Yeah. And for whatever rings, for whatever reason, ringside just never gets it back in stock, or it never ends up making it to shelves, or, or like we never see it around next, here. It becomes the next uh, Chief J Strongbow, where yeah. you realize, oh, we we shouldn't have made this figure, you know, we're just not going to make it anymore. Might get right. it. And like, f no offense to Chief J Strongbow, but fuck Chief J Strongbow. I don't <laughs> care about Chief J Strongbow. I yeah. care about Terry Funk, right? Yeah, I care yeah. about Dusty Rhodes. These are cool figures that it's just like I want to just be done with it. It's paid for, and now I don't have to worry about it, right? Sure. And and that's a that's great for you because you probably didn't come out of this announcement with like a list of thirty plus figures that you want to buy. You know, okay. you might have like five. You know, right? So that's right. So that's, that's a great example. I had five, and two of them went up for pre order today. Yeah. So it's like okay, let's knock that out of the way, and you got you know forty percent of it done or whatever. You know. But, uh. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, you obviously pre-ordered a couple things, uh, and I mentioned some of them. Uh, obviously, I think it's fair to say that the main event uh, of all the unveils is the Coliseum series. Wouldn't you say that uh, that Mattel Creations ultimate Terry Funk and also Terry, uh, other Terry figure? Right, so that was how kind of all this started. That This went up late last night, and we just saw the Terry Funk, and it's buzzing, right? Yeah, and you mentioned it's the Coliseum collection. It's an elite, but the packaging. No, it's an ultimate. Okay, so it's an ultimate, and the packaging of it looks like an old LJN, right? Yeah, it's the same exact packaging style as last year's San Diego uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Right, 
and it's going to be through Bintel Collections. It's going to be sometime in the fall. And this was another one where there was speculation, like, is it just the Terry Funk? No, it's a Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan two-pack. It's, you know, commemorating, like, their first matches in WWF, which is a big deal. I could care less about the Hulk Hogan, whatever. Um, it's a Terry Funk and eat it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think Kevin, our good buddy Kevin mentioned, he's like, well, you could just sell the Hogan. And I'm like, do I want to sell? Like, if I'm going to go through the trouble of getting the two-pack, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want the Hogan, but, like, depending on how the packaging comes, I might get rid of the Hogan, you know? Yeah, like, I sent you, uh, it comes in, like, one box that inside that box is two individually carded figures. Mm -hmm. And on that outer shell, like, half the box has Terry Funk on it and half the box has Hulk Hogan. So it's, like... You kind of need, even if you don't give a shit about the Hogan figure, you know, I, I mean, you're going to display the funk, so you probably want to look at it. But me, like, I would keep the figures in the box, uh, so, like, I can't get rid of the Hogan because then the box is half empty. You know, that's the right. way my brain works, you know. But uh, I obviously, I am nowhere close to the Terry Funk fan of anybody that's listening to this podcast but that figure is fucking cool and i want it you know and right. i agree with you the hogan if i had my option if it was like oh that you can buy him individually sure i would just want the funk but i will swallow 10 fucking hogan figures to get that funk figure you know right uh so yeah that's cool as shit um a couple other things that jump out um as far as this announcements, there's that Paul Heyman figure, a Paul Heyman elite, which is WCW Paul Heyman. Uh, yeah, they throw in an ECW hat, but uh, that's that's Paulie dangerously, you know. Um, there is obviously we mentioned before the Mega Powers, but I was really disappointed when they showed off the DX Rick Rude that it was a build a figure. Yeah, and that's a that bummer. Made me, that made me so sad. Like. Yeah, I can go and buy the the figures, but I'm a mint on card guy. I don't want to have a random Lucy, you yeah. know. It, it it why people have been wanting a, a a Rick Rude in a suit, you know, in a briefcase for years, and you have to go and make it a build a figure. Well, oh, man, so I bad. think I think Mattel has it in their mind that if you wear a suit, you're a build a figure, plain and simple. Like there's the Royal Rumble set where it's the Doc Hendricks build a figure. Yeah. In the pink suit. And like when I saw the Doc Hendricks, I'm like, oh, man, I would get a Doc Hendricks as a rib. Right. You know, because yeah. <laughs> you do do, you know, everything else like that. And then it comes out that it's the build a figure. I'm like, nope, don't need it. We're good. I'm, yeah. I don't need to be fucking playing build a figure figure games, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you open up your figures, uh, you're, you're a psycho. But I mean, there are people out there that do it and they display their figures. Uh and that's perfectly fine. Like, it's like, buy the four figures, build a Rick Root, and then, you know, flip the other figures that you didn't want, you know? But, again, if you're a guy that keeps stuff in the box, what am I going to do? I'll be like, oh, let me slide out this AJ Styles. There's Rick Root's head. Let me slide out. I don't know who was in that set, but here's a Rey Mysterio. Here's Rick Root's feet. You know, yeah, that's not for me. Exactly. Um, Any other WWE pre-orders that... uh? pop out at you you know Mr. Well, America no, or no pre-orders but uh the ultimate double j okay yeah i mean yeah pre-order is the wrong word there yeah. as far as like things that are coming up yeah man like I, again, going back to my thing about like ultimates, I'm like, oh god, another fucking Ultimate Warrior, another Brock Lesnar, uh, another Rock. But the Ultimate Jeff Jarrett and the Ultimate Bret Hart actually looks really freaking cool too. You know, I'm on the fence on the Ultimate Bret only because how dirty they fucking do his face. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see 
a better shot of what the face is going to look like before I pulled the trigger on that. There were some renders that came out uh, kind of like later on this at this evening uh, where they now he has the proper uh, glasses, you know, instead of the stupid rounded, weird shaped ones, he actually has the the pink plastic glasses that you would imagine Bret Hart having. Uh, and I saw a lot of people saying, oh, man, this render looks like it's good. So maybe take a look and see if it's any better than what you originally saw. Um, but like the initial I think there's a Bret Hart ultimate. Yeah, there's a Bret Hart ultimate. And I don't have it because it's super expensive. Yeah. Uh, but this one's like way nicer than the other one. So uh, I, I'm surprised to say I'm looking forward to this Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably if I'm going to start. Being real about these ultimates, I, I don't know if I'd get the Jeff Jarrett, but I can see why you guys would want it. You know, right? I love Jeff Jarrett. Um, I like we've only seen like the 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 gray render of it. We don't know what the color scheme is going to be on it. A lot of speculation of what it could be because he had like such garish and ridiculous outfits. Um, I would love for it to be the orange and purple, like the Zombie Sailor Retro is going to be. Uh-huh. So like those two match up. I don't think it's going to be because the the zombie sailor retro is like beginning of his run. And with the specific hat that he's wearing in the render this later in the run where he wasn't wearing like that color scheme. Either way, it's double J. It's an ultimate. It'll be my first ultimate because I love double J. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely a cool figure. Um, But like, again, if I'm going to try to try to figure out like the, the things I can't get everything, <laughs> you know? So like maybe that won't make the cut, but who will say, um, I like the WCW stunning Steve Austin. Uh, that's cool. Shit. That's uh, a, a gr- Okay. So you admit like that. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of sitting back here. Love the idea of the poly. Um, and then like the fact that it comes with like Samoan SWAT team era, Samu and Fatu. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh, that's so perfect. But then, like, you get into a thing of, like, well, if I get those, then I would really want them to be with a, uh elite Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express from that era. That's the ones <laughs> I really want. So do I buy these to wait for those? No. The Stunning Steve from that era is, like, beautiful. Like, the belt looks awesome, right? That TV title of it and, like, Steve in that era and the tights and everything else just looks so cool. That's a maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I, I want a cool uh, Paul Heyman or Paulie Dangerously figure. I don't think there has been anything other than like a build a figure in the right. Mattel like life sign lifestyle or life cycle. Um, so I I care less what version it is. I need that. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, that's kind of it. There's like a Legends Dingo Warrior that just looks kind of cool. It's like old school Ultimate Warrior. I like that. Uh, you know, just some random stuff, but. I, I, I literally wrote down 33 different figures that I'm like, oh, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And that's why I was like, nah, man, I got like less than half. <laughs> you know, I, I got to make some serious cuts to just what I want to pre-order, you know? Right. So obviously that's all the WWE stuff. Oh, you want to talk about the all the AEW reveals, meaning the stuff that has been public for six months now? Well... Okay. Uh, all right. Well, obviously, there's one of them that's better than the others, but we'll get to that. Okay. So there's a couple. There were those like 10 inch statue things, right? And there was the Moxley one. Sure. I mean, that's not a figure, to be fair, but go ahead. It's a collectible, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Moxley and uh, what was the other one? I forget who the other one is. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> uh, so, okay. That's a new line of things that they're doing, right? 
Um, there's the Mr. Brody Lee San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, if you want to get into that. Yeah, um, I I can't believe that Jeremy Padauer accidentally tweeted out the wrong photo the other day, Joe. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. God, what a fucking ruse. What an opportunity that all was to, uh, for those that don't know, the the big reveal of the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive AEW figure was initially the standard Brody Lee unmatched figure or unrivaled figure uh, with a Comic-Con slipcase slid over it and then like a, a sticker that said one of 1,000. Um, and obviously, if it's the same exact figure that we already have with just a slipcase on it, it makes it an easy pass. Uh, but then they're like, oh, no, we messed up. Hold on. We're going to take photos of the right figure right now. And then like a half hour later, they had a professionally produced video unveiling the right video or the right figure. Um, and this is like a, a fantasy outfit that supposedly Brody never wore. That's based on like a T-shirt uh, that Brody has uh, or Brody had. Um Here's the thing. You can only get it at the convention. There isn't like anywhere to get it online. So if you're not at San Diego, you're going to pay flipper prices. Uh, I want it because like, why wouldn't I want a one of 1000 Brody Lee figure? But it's like, it's going to be on eBay right now. The cheapest one is like 260 bucks. And these idiots don't even have it in their hands yet. They're just like, oh, we promise we're really good at getting things at San Diego Comic-Con, uh-huh. you know, uh, but like I'm going to monitor eBay tomorrow and just kind of see what they're going for. Cause I want it, but a one of 1000 AEW figure that that's going to be freaking unobtainable. And just between the way that they handled it and the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, it was yeah. a mistake. It's just, it turned me off of it. I was like, man, why couldn't it have just been a freaking Jericho figure or a, a, an Omega or just something, a Darby, a jungle boy, just something that I could have just been like, mm, don't care. But it had to be like Brody or, you know, I, I think we talked beforehand. I was like, Please don't let it be an Orange Cassidy. Please don't let yeah. it be an Eddie Kingston. And it, it had to be one of them. And it's just a, it's a cash grab. It sucks. And when did figures become a business? Yeah, I know that um, on Major Wrestling Figure this week, they say that it's like fantasy gear. But I guess it's like based on the design of gear that he never ended up getting. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, but again, like six of one, half a dozen the other. Um yeah, this just and again, I, I hate to say that they're being crass with their commercialism, but like we're talking about buying dolls. You know what I mean? It's gonna sure. be crass commercialism anyway. Um I sadly I, I have no choice but to pass on this for all the reasons that Adam mentioned and more, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, the the chase has come down. You know, if we yeah. talk about like a standard chase, like uh I mentioned months ago when I bought the Brody Lee Chase, I was doing cartwheels at what I at the time was a really, really good price on the figure. And, you know, honestly, now I can, I can go and buy one for like 50 bucks less than, than I paid, you know, like they come down. Uh, and maybe, maybe I buy this one of 1000 Brody Lee figure a couple years from now, you know, when the, I, I hate to say the novelty wears off, but when the novelty wears off, you know, uh, we'll see. I want it, but I'm not paying 300 bucks for it. I'm not paying 250 for it. I think my ceiling maybe 150 to be honest uh-huh. with you, but uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll look on eBay. I'll hit refresh tomorrow once San Diego opens and see if anybody's looking for a quick flip. But uh, I hate everything about it, man. I really do. I wish it was just a figure that I didn't give a shit about. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And I guess the one last thing, I guess, to mention that I have on my list uh, is going to be the uh, Orange Cassidy mini-mates. You know, they teased out that you could get the uh, Darby and Punk with Punk and the the Sting paint two-pack. And then they released, they they announced two more four-packs. Now, I'm out of the mini-mates game. Mini-mates are done by Diamond Select. And I always remember that they were like, it'd be a set and it'd be two two packs of every set of four. But it looks like now it's just like, here's one set of four and here's another set of four, right? Yeah, I've seen uh like in like I don't uh one package is what I'm trying to say. Like it's a four pack where it's a solid, it's one box and the four of them are in there. I've seen that recently with Marvel characters. I also don't buy mini mates. I don't think I have a single one of them. But uh yeah, like the you mentioned the the CM Punk and the Sting is uh, limited to Comic-Con, like, I don't know, 200 or 400 or something like that. Those actually went up on the internet. You could have gotten them. Uh, oh. I, yeah, uh, they were selling them at San Diego and online, uh, which is funny because there's less of those than there is the Brody Lee. But somehow they managed to figure out a way to to split that up between the con and online. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, the the the... OC box set that you were talking about comes with also Adam Cole, Hangman Page, and Moxley. So if you're stuck buying three figures that you don't want, there are worse other three guys you can have. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, um, so. You know, I wish it was a two pack. And like I said, I'm not a mini mates guy. I have two sets of mini mates that I got. One was many, many years ago where it was Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. And then another one where it ended up, I wanted the Ambush Bug and it was Ambush Bug and Lobo together. And I'm like, all right, that's not a bad two-pack. I'll buy those. And those are the only two I have. I wish it was a two-pack, and I wish it was, like, a more thematic two-pack. Like, say, like, OC and Chuck. Yeah. Or, you know, the perfect world, OC and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> Just be one and done, yeah. That, I'm done. So, yeah, I didn't know that they went up for sale already. Um, I'll keep an eye out, you know. And you're well, like, oh, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you're Mr. On-Card Figure. I'm like, I'll make an exception for a mini-mate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean these four packs didn't go on sale. The uh, the two pack did. Two right. Pack oh yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah, yeah. The, I know the Punk Darby thing went on sale. I, I thought you were saying that the no, the, the OC seven went on sale. No, no, no. I would have given you the link for that. Um, but going back to what you were saying about being thematic, like a lot of times they're like, no, we don't want to give you this tag team or this stable all in one box set because we want to get you to buy multiple boxes. But then they usually stick you with a jabron or two that you don't want. And it's funny that there's a lot of heavy hitters in this, this OC box, you know, it's it's like you would think that it'd be like, Oh, here's orange Cassidy and Adam Cole, but also here's Jake Hagar and Kip Sabian, you know? And if you want another member of the best friends and another member of the undisputed elite, you have to buy these other three boxes. You know, it's funny that they're giving you as many good characters in that box, but uh, I need it. Uh, I'm an orange Cassidy figure completist. So uh, I will buy that. Um, But as far as figures, figures for AEW, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but every single thing they unveiled was also, we saw that at the last like fan event for the last review. It's like, here's, you know, all these Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Sammy Guevara, Walmart and target exclusives that we already knew about, you know, the only thing I could speculate is that since today was Mar- uh, Mattel's big day, not to say that Mattel's not doing more stuff tomorrow, 
but today was Mattel's big day. Maybe Jazzwares was like, if we try to do our stuff on the same day that Mattel is doing all their stuff, we're going to get lost in the shuffle. So maybe we'll do our stuff on Friday. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, I, for my pocketbook, I hope not. But again, we'll see where my new rules are going to be. So uh, anything else for the unveils or anything like that? No, that was all it. Right. So, oh, you know what? Not for me, uh, but the full Nitro uh, set. Now, is that a thing? Because there's I, people saying that, oh, some people are speculating that that's the next Mattel Creations crowdfund thing. And if that's the case, holy shit, sign me up. Okay. You know, but uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Mattel, they've done this before where they've showed setups for figures. Uh, and it was just a one of one that they made to display figures. Uh, last year was the first time when they showed the new gen entrance ring or like entrance arc or whatever. That was the first time that, that something went on to become for sale. But I, I think a lot of people in the major group were speculating that, hey, hold your horses. This might just be a one of one thing to show off figures. Who knows? Um, yeah. I'd love for it to be uh, the next like Mattel, whatever, you know? Because it's cool as hell, man. It like, is cool as hell. I got nowhere to put it, but I could see them selling that thing hand over fist. Yeah. Um, and, and they also, they speaking of crowdfunding, uh, we saw the unboxing photos of the uh, the new gen ring and everything like that. Uh, it doesn't take up a lot of space. As much space. I thought that this was going to be a giant ass box. Yeah. Uh, it's like the size of a shoe box, maybe a little bit bigger, like a shoe box you would have your boots in, you know, uh, Timberlands or something like that. Right. Uh, I might be able to sit on this for a couple of years. Like I was going to sell the ring just to get it out of the house. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, I don't know. That, that's, that seems doable, you know? For sure. Uh, last thing before we wrap this up, obviously tomorrow we have a pre-order we have to do. And that yes. is the, okay. uh, the No Holds Barred. Right, so that goes live at noon Eastern, right? That is correct. So here's the thing. I'm still going to try for it, right? I'm still going to shoot for two because I know we got a lot of people that want it, right? Yep. Uh, I don't know if I want it anymore. Oh, why is that? So we all have a good laugh and we all have fun about No Holds Barred. And I love the collector's case idea of it. Everything looks cool, you know? Yeah. You know what's cooler? Money. <laughs> well, okay, money. You know who's cooler than uh, Zeus? Terry Funk. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a Hulk Hogan Terry Funk two-pack that I would rather keep my money for and get that instead of the uh, the Hulk Hogan Zeus one, which is cool in and of itself. I'm still going to give it a whirl at noon, but if I don't get it, I'm not going to look for like the rest of the crew to like say, hey, did you get two? I want one. I'm okay. I got you. See, I if I if you told me, Adam, I you can only buy one figure that went up for pre-order this week or that's going to go up for pre-order this week, I would buy the No Holds Barred only not because I'm a fan of the movie or a fan of Hulk Hogan or a fan of Zeus, but I'm a fan of San Diego Comic-Con wrestling figures that have crossover appeal, like the Slinger yeah. Macho, the Sergeant Slaughter. So it's like I like it because it's it's such a unique item. So I 100% will will order one tomorrow. Uh, and if I don't get one, I will be reaching out to our network to, to, to sure. get one. But, right. Uh, and, that, and that's, like I said, that I'm, I'm doing this for the greater good of all of us. Um, and if, I, like, if, if the stars align and you get two and I get two and Brett gets two and DJ gets two and Marcus gets two and we all have these ones to flip, 
then I'll flip them. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully that they have, there, there's not 50,000 of this figure and then we're all stuck with a fucking extra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and then, uh, for those of us that are suffering of the nightmare narcotic, uh, there is a, a Cody ultimate going up for sale tomorrow that uh, I might buy it, Joe. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> it is kind of a San Diego exclusive. So that's, I'm like, does it fit my rules? And again, I'm having a crisis. Like I, I get it. It's, it's mania gear. It's the first time in the line for this thing. And is it like a pre-order for a week? And there's like all these special caveats because it's Cody. So it has to be. Well, no, the only caveat is it's available for a week and there's no limit. So it's one of those things you have, you don't have to worry about a sellout, uh-huh. which is actually kind of cool. You know, they'll make however many get ordered, you know, it's yeah. a pre-order. Um, but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, uh, Marcus sent me the listing. Uh, if you read the the read up of the or the write up of this figure, it talks about Cody's iconic insurance jacket, and it says iconic like three times in the uh, in the write up. And I'm like, who wrote this thing? You and me? You know, they keep dropping iconic in here. Um, but I don't know. I might get that because I'm thinking, okay, if I cut out the Supreme that I don't need. I can buy this kind of San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. I don't know, man. I'm already getting the shakes, but 1,000% I will buy the No Holds Barred, and maybe I'll buy the Cody. I don't know. But, uh, man, I got to stop collecting wrestling figures. I got to realize that my time has passed. There's a new king in town. Let him have his right. And uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe just buy my Alexa Bliss and call it a day. (laughs) But that's all, Joe. I think that's enough doll talk it's only been like an hour yeah and again it's uh you know i bought two uh listen you bought more wrestling figures today than i did yeah how about that i bought one (laughs) i tell you man like i said when i I, it was just one of those things where like i saw the i saw the macho and dusty go off and i'm like oh we're seeing the dusty just like you know whatever like that's not gonna go up for a while right i got a while to worry about that and i'm like we're a year out from seeing the chainsaw charlie render and then they both go off within like seconds of each other. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to get them though, man. I'm just, like I said, I, I man- managed to make it through today with only ordering one figure and I'm very proud of myself. So I'm, I'm, uh, we'll... I'm proud of you as well. I consider myself like one day clean. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but uh, I think that's enough show. Let's get you out of here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, uh, thanks everyone for listening um thanks for supporting the show thanks for sharing the show everything else like that uh if you're coming out to the uh great lakes wrestle fest in astabula with aiw next weekend uh come say hi um you know i look scary adam looks like Artie. you know <laughs> you know nothing to be worried about and uh you know i'm okay i'm cool uh even if you want to slug me in the gut just to get it out of your system you can do that as well uh that being said Uh, Everyone be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini. (laughs) of Podcast Network.